your brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. We got a great show today. We have someone who I believe is one of the best 135 pounders on the planet. Actually, I will go out on a limb and say he's the best 135 pounder on the planet. Darian Caldwell is going to be on the show. Uh, he's an NCAA champion, a three-time, three-time New Jersey State champion wrestler. This guy's he's he's... I think he's MMA's best kept secret right now. Uh, we also have a press conference from Titan FC between Steve Carl and uh, Bilal Muhammad in Titan FC. And uh, I got my two interns here. I got CB Gold uh, wearing a tank top, uh, looking, looking ripped. And Jean, I don't even know her last name, Jean, uh, Jean the, the mysterious <laughs> Puerto Rican woman. Uh, I want to thank... Our sponsors, uh, tip a fighter. Listen, fighters are underpaid, and it's horrible. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous, and we can make a difference. You can directly tip the fighter. How cool is that? Tipafighter.com. Uh, go to tipafighter.com. Fighters, if you're out there, you're fighting anyway. Look, you tip a cab driver. You tip a waitress. You tip a stripper. You tip... You, you, I tip my cable guy sometimes. I tip my super. Anybody comes in that serves me, I tip. Well, you know what? Fighters do a huge service for me. They entertain me every single week. I had no life for fighting. It was depressing. I didn't leave my house. I was a sad, sad sack. And uh, these guys, they inspire me. They make me want to be a better person. They make me, they make me feel fat so I get in better shape. And uh, they entertain the fuck out of me. So, tipafighter.com. Uh, fighters join the revolution. Tipafighter.com. Also, Decipher. People, I've been saying it for weeks now. Decipher is the lifestyle firm designed to help you make your everyday life easier. They specialize in individualized consulting designed to help you maximize your potential. Call for strategic advising and support, whether it's for help with short-term focus goals or for coaching or for long-term career management. Among other services, they offer life coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Are you not sure that your needs fall into their realm of expertise only one way to find out. Call them at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. Also, if you book them for long-term coaching today and use the code ROASTED, you get 10% off. And they have a book, Decipher Life, their newly released audiobook, now available for download. If you truly want to make a positive change in your life, you need to hear this book. You can get it at iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. Listen, I recommend this book for everybody. It's fucking hilarious. has some truly honest insight to everyday problems we all face. So check that out. Uh, now, uh, since we last, you last heard me on Monday, uh, I had a show on Monday night. I was supposed to judge this contest, uh, this new com- at, at Sal's Comedy Hole uh, here in L.A., and I hate judging contests. First of all, comedy is so subjective, and me being on Last Comic Standing, I swore to myself I would never judge a contest. I'm like, I'm never going to judge a contest. I know how it feels to be judged, and who the fuck am I to judge? Who's anybody to be judged? You look at comics. I mean, look, there's, if you, I'm sure when Carrot Top, if you judge, join a contest, people would be like, this would never work in comedy. Guy's making, what, $20 million a year in Vegas? Probably more than that. Larry the Cable Guy, people always say, oh, be yourself. He becomes this, this, this character, and now he's making, I mean, who knows how much he's making? A lot of money. He's made over $100 million. He has his own jet. So you, you can't really determine people's, uh, how good they're going to be in a contest. So anyway, I, but I showed up anyway. I'm like, whatever. Maybe I'll give some insight. And then uh, actually, uh, they asked me to go on after the first round to do a set, which... I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll come on and show these, these young bucks, you know, a little, a little comedy. 
And uh, for, it was a, an awful mistake. Everybody was, the judges, everybody was tallying their scores. Nobody was listening. Everyone was like, uh, uh, people who were in the contest all brought their friends. So all they cared about was their friends. And it was a pretty like uh, miserable experience. And then I, and then I just kind of, I didn't even stay for the contest. I, I was going to leave anyway because I had a, a date that night with, uh, with, with Bree. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm bouncing. And uh, which was fine. I mean, I, everyone was cool with that. But it was just, it's just funny how comedy. It's like, you know, Friday night did the comedy union fucking rock that Saturday night. The haha, almost got a standing ovation. Sunday the Laugh Factory. I'm fucking. I'm like feeling like I'm the best comic in the world. And then of course you just you just get like a show and it's just not your time. Then you're like ah, oh, you start questioning your entire existence. That's just the way comedy is. It's such an up and down roller coaster mind fuck. But Hey, there's no better feeling. I'm telling you, there's being on stage and making people laugh is the greatest drug in the world. And I've taken some drugs. I'm telling you, like, it's just, it's like, it's unbelievable. It's the big, best high you'll ever get. Uh, that's why comics get addicted to it. Um, now, then I had to go shoot this oxygen show Tuesday morning. I'm like, I got to shoot this. And it was, it was a continuation shot with the show that I'm doing. So I had to wear the same shirt that I bought the that, that I was wearing for the previous scenes. It's blue gap, like a polo type shirt. It has like three buttons up front. And then of course at midnight I realized I can't find my shirt. I'm like, fuck. Cause we got to tape at eight o'clock in the morning. I can't go to the gap at like 10. And if I lose this shirt, then I'm going to have to, uh, they're gonna have to like reschedule the whole shoot for me, which is like, there's like t- 10 people on board and camera people. And I'm like, I'm flipped. I can't, I'm going through all my everything. I can't, I'm flipping out. I can't find my shirt. My heart is beating. So I'm like, all right, maybe one of my friends has a, sh- has a shirt like this. Maybe they have the exact shirt. It's a pretty common shirt. So I text my friend. I'm like, hey, do you have this shirt? Of course, everybody goes, why the fuck would I have your shirt? Like I had a picture of that shirt. I'm like, no, not that shirt, asshole. Like, do you have this same shirt? And then, of course, I text Tripoli. who's like, I don't have that gay ass shirt. Uh, so now... And people are like, why don't you try Ross or, or uh, go to, go to uh, uh, people go, go to Kmart might have it or, or Walgreens. Or, I'm like, places that don't even sell fucking shirts. They're like, now they're insulting the shirt. Like, Plus, in fact, uh, it's like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, one o'clock in the morning. morning. Someone's like, uh, I think Walmart's open 24 hours. I'm like, great, I'm going to drive to Riverside Walmart to get. Wait, so then I post something on like, on like Instagram. Anyone have this shirt? Like, because uh, and, and I people saw are, them all. Yeah, and and then I'm feeling like the biggest. What kind of? It was it was pathetic. I, I quickly took it down once. Like people were like, "Uh, I have that shirt, but I live in Kentucky." Or just, just and, thank Start you. Start driving, motherfucker. Yeah, and some people were like, "Man, I really wish I could help you." Uh, thank you, thank you very much. It's nice of you, but I, I need. So then I was like, uh, I'm flipping out. So I wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I go to bed at like one. I get five hours of sleep, and I drive to Walmart. And they don't have it. Which ones you go to? Uh, all the way, like, Panorama City. like Yeah, Van Nuys and Ross. Yeah, way north of where I live. Yep. I have to go the opposite direction for the shoot. They don't have it. Then I go to Target. Target doesn't have it. I buy two shirts that kind of look like it. I get to the set, ready to apologize to everyone, and there's my shirt. I actually left it there after the shoot. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was, there was, a, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, anyway, I did the shoot. It was good. Then I had uh, the show at the Dime Bar, which was fun. John came. It was a crazy, it, you know, the good thing about doing my own show is it's forced me to write jokes a lot because the same people are coming back and I don't want to tell them the same jokes every week. Um, and I'm, 
And it's fun. It's like hard saying no because every comic now in America is like, can I do your room? And I hate saying no to people. So I'm always like, I'm just booking far in advance. But there was this girl who was a porn star uh, who was like, uh, she was like, hey, can I, um, she's a comic and she was going to book me at her room. So I'm like, I'll give her pretty hot chick, actually, Sylvia Sage. So she goes on, I book her and she brings her, her friend to the show who's a gay male porn star who sits in the front. So now every joke is about this guy, you know, like this guy's getting offended by jokes like OMG. I'm like, OMG, like how, how many, like, like that's offensive. What about like the, 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 the male bukkake gangbang that happened earlier? Like it was like, so he would ended up being like the best audience member ever though. He was laughing at everything. He was having a blast. Uh, it was actually, be, it happened to be a great show. But then afterwards, um, he, uh, we were all sharing a joint after the show outside and I had to go after him. And, I, and he passed me the joint, and it, and it wasn't hitting very well, so you really had to suck it. And I'm like, man, how many, I don't know if this guy shot today, like how many dicks were in this guy's mouth, like earlier? So I- Why'd you I, sit next to him? What? Why'd you sit next I to him? I was standing there in, in the circle outside. So I was like, oh, I gotta get something from my car. Fucking so stub just, your toe and move over. I, I did. I kind of, I pretended to get something from my car. So, But then I'm like, oh, maybe I'm, I don't want to be homophobic. I just didn't, I mean, it's a gay male porn star. If it was a girl porn star, I'd probably do the same thing. I mean, there'd probably be a lot of other dicks. Homophobic and, <laughs> and like German health conscious when you know damn well this dude's been sucking dick, Not maybe not that day, but yeah. another day. I, I, yeah. yeah, I think that was, two different things. Yeah, that, it was. So then, uh, so then, and then a bunch of my friends from college, it's always weird to have college friends come to my comedy shows because they're all married and have kids and have like real jobs and, and like have real lives. And, and then I'm like, up there at the dime, this little bar doing comedy. And I was like, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm super stoked about where I am in my career right now. I'm actually, I'm happy with where I am, but it's just like, it's just, it's just a, it's always hard. Like someone I go on Instagram and everyone's like on their third baby or, and they're married. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not married. I don't have any babies. And I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, so, so there's that. And then there's this girl who's a uh, comedian, uh, who we went on a couple dates. We, then we decided it really wasn't, wasn't there but she's a she's a comic but she's also a uh, pilates instructor so she's helping me get in shape like she's trading me uh in like workouts instruction for jokes for me helping her with comedy so she i'm helping her with comedy she's helping me work out and that's going well but like i'm telling you if i ever have a wife i'm gonna be very careful with who her trainer is personal trainers because man, these, this girl comes in with these little shorts and a little nothing, and she's stretching me everywhere. And, and like, I don't, I don't feel I'm not into her. Like, 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 I, like other guys probably are. Like, I'm just not into her. She's a friend. But Jesus Christ, I understand why these trainers get so much pussy. I mean, they are just in control. They have great bodies, and they're just shaking these girls out, and you know, stretching them up and putting them in different vagina poses, and just yeah, that's. You got to be careful with that. Listen, guys out there, if your wife has a trainer, keep your eyes open. That's all I'm saying, okay? Because she's probably, if if she's not fucking the trainer when she's fucking you, she's thinking about the trainer. That's all I'm saying. Am I right? Uh, Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. So, uh, and then finally, uh, I actually, this girl that I am dating, uh, who I like a lot, I, I legit like a lot. Uh, I think you need new phrases. No. I like a lot comes like once every other podcast or once a week. Like we need like actual uh, verbal evidence of why. And, why I like her. how long it's We're going to start an MMA roasted pool. Well, we just met her, right? This is no, no. It's been about, I've known her for a while, 
but we've been dating for about three weeks. Uh, she's funny. She's adorable. She's fun. She's she's got a great body, beautiful face. She's cool as hell. She she likes my jokes. She's easygoing, no drama. Uh, super yeah. sweet. She's twenty five, so she's young. She's teaching me things like um. I don't know, like like different apps for Instagram, and she's teaching me about certain like different apps you can cool music. She's got cool phrases. We have I have a really good time with her, and I met her. I met her mom yesterday. We went out for dinner with me and her mom. She's a Cali girl. Uh, she's a Cal, Northern Cal. The Northern Cal girls are the best because they have the looks of Southern Cal without the attitude. So uh, Northern Cali, she's super chill. What's she into? Makeup artist. Uh, no, she does like PR. Okay. Uh, for a like a hair company. Uh, she's got a good job, responsible, clean. Um, yeah, things are good. Things are good. This this one has potential. Did you have to tone down your comedy in front of mom? Oh, mom didn't see my act. No, no but just, I'm saying like just uh, personality. No. Even you're no, funny. Well, no, I didn't. I was very, I, I was very respectful. Th- does she have a dog? She has a cat. A cat. So yeah. when I have a third cat, I'm gonna get a third cat <laughs> and a dog. Yes. For those of you that know, when when Adam breaks up in a relationship, he he gets the pet. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. Well, we get, exactly. By the way, cat. Speaking of cat, so Cat Williams. So let's talk about this for a second. Oh my god, it's so funny. So Did he get choked out. Or, it was all over thing? TMZ. He sucker punched <gasps> a 15 year old, and that kid ended up taking him down, putting him in like a rear naked choke. However. There's a longer version of the video. Because I first thought of video, I'm like, this is bullshit. Uh, Carol Williams, this is like, got to be the lowest of the low. What happened? Okay, here's what happened. And I'm kind of on Cat Williams' side with this in a way. That you would have hit a child? I would not have hit a child. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was edited. I didn't know if it was a joke. I only saw like the He was playing pickup soccer. Seconds. There was about 50 people there, kids everywhere. He was playing soccer. I don't know. I don't know. He was just playing. And he was actually had some decent soccer skills. He's playing this pickup soccer game. And he's sort of talking trash to this one kid. They're going back and forth. But it's a nice, friendly soccer game. There's little kids playing soccer. Is he the only adult playing with kids? Pretty much. Yeah, he's playing. It's like, it's like, it's like a barbecue soccer, but a lot okay. of, a lot of okay. people there. All a lot right. of people. So then he comes off the soccer field, and this one kid, who's bigger than Cat Williams. It wasn't like a kid. He was bigger than Cat Williams. They were about the same. Was kid, following Cat, yeah. like, like neck and neck, talking shit the entire time, trying to get Cat to fight him. Like just so then Cat goes against the wall, he sits down. Now he's surrounded by people. And the guy's like, when you what you know, let's fight. When you when like you get up, let's fight. So Cat stands up, the guy Why? gets in his face, and then Cat punched him and then proceeded to get taken down. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like Cat just sucker punched some random kid. He did get this guy was being annoying. This guy was so slightly, being slightly slightly goaded in. He was being totally goaded, totally provoked. And I, you, I ended up feeling sorry for Cat when I saw that. But you gotta have more restraint. Yeah. Just as an adult, I don't know. No grown man should be uh, playing any sport unless you're Michael Jackson with uh, <laughs> with kids. Like yeah. you just shouldn't. No, so, you're right. It was you just like I mean, I don't know. It was bad. It, it was it was bad. He, uh, he's something's been wrong and off. Something with him is wrong with him. It's a shame because I mean, he's, he's such hilarious. a talented comedian exactly. and and, he, and he's super. Super strong. I mean, super like strong on stage and got all this. He had the whole world at his feet. I mean, he came from nothing yeah. and he was on top of the he's world. He's got a good heart from what I hear too. He's a nice guy. But yeah, but. He's got his demons. You got to be able to walk away. I mean, you're as a celebrity and he should know this. You're face. going to get people to fuck with you all the time and you do not need to get involved and start punching people and then 
becomes internet viral and all that. You know, the, the funny thing I find about it is if you've, for any of anyone who's seen the Pimp Chronicles part one, his, one of his original uh, sets that was put on, he says in there telling people, you know, we have to stop beating our kids publicly. Yeah. And he makes like this whole, this quick bit about it, but like, I don't want to be at the store and somebody's beating on their son because they grabbed a bag of Skittles or something. And he's like, so we have to stop beating our children. And he pauses and he goes, publicly yeah and then he's beating up a little kid it wasn't a little kid and that kid started with i heard it was an eighth grader a 15 year old eighth grader still a kid still old eighth grader old enough to know better but still young enough to be stupid now uh wait wait so we do we know did he get arrested i don't know what happened okay so but it was it wasn't as as one-sided and it wasn't as stupid as you you would think he did feel trapped and i could relate to him in some ways of just that feeling of of just leave me alone he just wanted to play soccer like, just let the guy play soccer. And then he almost got choked out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, let's talk about MMA is finally legal in New York. It's about, yes! about time. That took way too long. It was such bullshit. And it really exposed some of the Congress people. The stu- I cannot believe these people are in have any type of executive office. Some of the people that were voting against it. This woman, what's her name? Who I the, actually- um, oh, Glick. Yeah, Deborah Glick, who I tweeted because she voted against it, said it was bare knuckle fighting, uh, which is not bare knuckle fighting. Hasn't seen it, a fight in the last decade. If, and, and, and if you're not qualified to, if you don't know something about a certain subject, you should not be able to vote on it. Okay? So all I did was tweet her, listen, you said it was bare knuckle fighting. It wasn't. Next time you vote on something, know what you're talking about. She blocked me. Like, re- really? Does she know CM Punk? Like, you're, she's going to block? Really? That's that's a congressperson? I said nothing rude. People were coming at her with very rude things. Oh, and- I, it was a fucking barrage of just insults. Yeah, and you know what? Calling her a cunt is not helping anybody. <laughs> it's, not, it's not helping anybody. Whoa. People were saying yeah, you're a cunt, that- and that's not... Listen, that's not helping anything, okay? If you're going to make a joke about it, fine, make a joke. But, you know, just you're, you're making everyone look bad by saying stuff like that. Uh, however, what I said, I thought was very, it was matter of fact. No, it's, it's, it's a given. It was nothing I said that was like, you could say even mean spirited. It was just that you didn't know the facts and you should not be judging on something or voting on something when you don't know the facts. And she blocked me. Really? Really? And then, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's brother. Oh, he was, uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, he, who, who, he says, uh, uh, well, he goes, it's, well, I should really like it since he's gay. You have two nearly naked hot men trying to dominate each other. That's gay porn with a different ending. Like this is another guy, who, uh, assemblyman right here, saying the sport is gay porn with a different ending. If it was gay porn, I would watch gay porn all day because I watch MMA all day. So <laughs> give me a card carrying member. But how is this guy? I mean, this guy's voting uh, like who are these people voting? I mean, this makes me really want to vote for Trump. At least he's not a politician. Like these are politicians. These are legit politicians. I, are you kidding me? I, I love the other one that uh, one of them said that these people, the men, go in there to fight and um, basically give another fighter brain damage. And then Angela Hill turned around and said, "Well, wait a second. Women try to give other women yeah. brain damage in the in the cage too." It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, I'm super happy that New York is finally. Uh, legal MMA is finally legal in New York. I can't wait to go to the, the the Garden or the the Barclays Center. There's so many great spaces there. It's great for fighters on the East Coast. Great for guys like Frankie Edgar, Chris Weidman, John Jones. Aljamain Sterling, 
John Jones. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, of people that are Gian Vellante or just just all these great New Yorkers and like New York fighters that are uh, now could fight in front of their family. And then there, and it's it was so ridiculous that it wasn't back in New York. So it was nineteen I, years to get that shit ratified. I mean, it was ridiculous. Oh. The one thing I noticed was when um, Lorenzo came up afterwards. Uh, he said, you know, Madison Square Garden probably will not be our first event. I think they want to do a smaller venue. Yeah, like the Barclays Center probably. Um, it's not that Yeah, something, something small. I don't think they're going to do MSG first right off the bat. But I'm excited. I saw uh, Dave Schaller's video of him dancing on his desk. After really? They, after they voted yes, there was a vi- uh, video of him dancing on his desk at the headquarters, and he was listening to Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. That's pretty cool. It was awesome. That's really cool. Now, uh, Cowboy Cerrone said today that he would have taken Connor down and submitted him in one round, and he might have. Uh, I don't think he – Would he? could he have taken those same shots that, uh, that Nate Diaz took from Connor? Connor hit him with some the kitchen sink. I don't know. So that's a, that's a good game plan. Uh, who knows? The uh, Cowboy would take him down and yeah. submit him? He would have to. Because I think Cowboy's one of the guys that if McGregor did uh, connect, that it wouldn't be the same as Nate Diaz. Yeah, Nate Diaz has some chin. By the way, there's a picture of Nate and Justin Bieber making up. Uh, this may be Nate Diaz's downfall. Maybe he's going soft. I, I hope not. I am a Nate Diaz fan. But uh, well, he's yeah. sitting back counting his cash. Life is good, and he can just you know twiddle off right now. So yeah, well, he it's all good. He better not. UFC 200, by the way. Uh, I will be doing comedy at the Stratosphere that whole week, Monday through Friday, uh, at the LA Comedy Club. So if you're going to be at UFC 200, uh, you're be in Vegas that week. Let me know, and I will get you guys comps. Uh, now, big fight that got announced that I'm excited at the same time. Like oof. Two of my friends are fighting Sarah McMahon and mm. Jessica I. Yep. Wow, that is a good <sighs> fight. Um, it's kind of a crossroads fight, too, because, you know, the loser of this fight is going to have a tough time c- coming back uh, as far as being the number one contender, or number two, or even number three. Sarah's got better wrestling. Um, that's, you know, she's probably the stronger girl. Jessica I, you know, at one point fought at 125, but striking and speed. You got to go with Jessica I all day. Um, so I think it's a, basically a match of speed versus it's wrestling versus a striker, uh, which normally goes with the wrestler. At the same time, I, I don't know. I don't know who wins this fight. Uh, all of Jessica I's losses have been pretty damn close. Even the, even the, you know, Sarah Mc, and both these girls are, both these girls gave Misha Tate a, one hell of a fight. Uh you know, Sarah McMahon was very close to beating Misha Tate. She won that for almost had her out in the first round. If she hadn't got thrown in the third round, and you know she wins that fight, Jessica I put up a great fight against Tate. Um, right? Am I, am I right about that? Um, Jessica I, yeah, put up a little bit more of a, a little more stand up. But then once on the ground, she was she was throwing knees from bottom side. She didn't really have much defense to it. I mean, but Misha Misha's a wrestling blanket. McMahon's was a little closer. Could have gone either way. Um, but, yeah, like you said, this this is uh, styles make fights. And I don't know. I, I I love Jessica I. Jessica I is awesome. She's a great person. Super sweetheart. I know you love her, too. She was to- tooling you around Cleveland and stuff. Um, I think McMahon, though, doesn't mess with the striking, takes her down. And from there, I'm, I'm worried about Jessica. Yeah. I, that's, that's, I mean, but she knows that going in. You know, she knows that going in. She's got to bring in some good wrestlers for this for this camp. I'm um, good male wrestlers because Sarah McMahon, 
I hung out with her in Vegas. She might be the strongest looking girl I've ever met in my life. I mean, her shoulders are fucking huge. Her <laughs> biceps are huge. If she gave you a hand job, your dick would be off. I mean, you'd probably come in th- <laughs> three fucking strokes. I mean, she just has that fucking, she just looks like a power lifter. And I don't even think she works out that, like, I don't think she even lifts that much. Did you squat with her? Did you wrestle just for shits and giggles? No, I'm not wrestling. Until I get my knee fixed, I'm not wrestling uh, with anybody. And by the way, if people are asking, April 20th, 420, I'm supposed to get my knee fixed. I really hope we're done shooting Living With Funny before then because uh, otherwise I'll have to extend it another three months and I just do not want to do that. There's nothing worse than, well, there's a lot of things worse, but. Uh, you just don't want to keep it in your mind for that. Long. Well, it just sucks yeah. not being able to wrestle, not being able to do jiu-jitsu, not being able to box because I can't do any kind of lateral movements. I could run and lift wow. and do ab work. That's all I can do. Uh, even sometimes during sex, I feel my leg lock up. Uh, which is weird, you know. I actually, there's this girl I know who has, I almost did this joke last week. There's this comedian girl who I'm, I'm like friends with. She has spinal... A bifida. A bifida. Spina bifida, yeah. So she's she's a comedian. Very pretty face, this girl. Like, beautiful face. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? And she has these, like, implants, these big-ass titties. Uh, and she's like, but she she's shorter and has, like, one, you know, she's just... That's part of the Walks disease. uneven, you know. And and I'm on stage, and she walks in, and I wanted to be like, "Hey, yeah, I banged her yesterday, and she was five eight. You know, like I, uh, I, and <laughs> that's I, a good job. I, I knew that she that. would laugh at that, but the crowd might not have known that we were friends, you didn't want to, and they might have just been like, well, "That's a joke." I know, but ah, oh, man, is this so that's many a missed j- moment? Ah, <laughs> uh, I know, and I was kicking myself all fucking day for not making that joke and being a nice guy. I know. <laughs> Because people would have left being like, people would have been, people would have been laughing or they might have just like got up and ran out of the room or they might, but they would have been like telling their friends that joke. Like I saw this comedian on yeah. stage. Uh, I know. And I would have went, ah, or, oh. Uh, it would have been yeah. a total, total missed moment or like, boo. Yeah. yeah. But those are my favorite bits, man. Those are my favorite jokes. The ones that like. You're good with the improv, the off the cuff. I know. I, I thought it. I in. thought it. Yeah. But I wasn't having that great of a set. Where like that could have just tanked the rest of it, you know? Like there you go. People, would, but I, slippery slope. You know? Yeah, it's just <laughs> she would have laughed because I know her. She's yeah. she's she. I'm actually I'm giving her a spot next week on the show. She's a friend of mine, you know. Oh, cool. Okay. But uh, so yeah, you know, we. That's the cool thing about running a room, though, is that I like giving young comedians uh, opportunities. Like I, I hate the way comedy is set up, where you know you open mics and there's a whole bringer show circuit where you can perform if you bring ten people or. Five, um, five people. And I've I, heard that. I mean, and I understand why that is. Look, the, the bottom line is if you put these comics on during a regular show, people would not come back. They'd be like, they're not, they're not seasoned yet. At the same time, uh, it's just kind of shitty. And I, I've been on that situation where I've had to bring people and it sucks. It just fucking sucks. You're not getting paid. You have to deal with all kinds of, you know, you bring your friends and they want to, normally the friends that come to the shows are the ones that you wouldn't keep in contact with. They have no other friends. They have nothing else to do. So then they come support you because no one else is hanging out with them. And then after the show, they're giving you their stupid fucking opinion about comedy. So so then you have to keep in contact with these people, which I fucking hate it. It sucks. Welcome to LA. So uh, anyway, so I see a lot of these comics in that situation. So I like giving them them spots sometimes because I'm giving them a real crowd, not just their friends, you know? But I also like giving, you know, the Ben Gleaves and the April Macy's and the, the, the bigger comics, you know, like yeah. having Brandon T. Jackson next week. And so it's all good. It's all good. What else? So what, what news we got, TB? Tell us some news. I think the biggest news, which I'm 
still a little confused about Ariel Helwani steps down from Fox. Yeah. I he said he he put this whole thing of you know I, they've treated me very well and whatnot but I'm gonna step down and every, his statement was kind of just didn't give much you could, it was it was a little confusing I know it's it's a little le- uh a little lesser known like Jeremy Botter stepped down from doing MMA a couple weeks ago yeah but he told everyone you know this is where I'm going where's he going um he's doing I think it has it's it's other sports. It might even have to do a little bit with wrestling. Oh, okay. Um, but he's I think I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's leaving MMA or left MMA. Um, but Ariel, we had an incident me and Botter because he at the beginning he was very mean to me, uh, and then he was always attacking me. And uh, you know what? He he actually apologized. He he wrote me a long letter saying he was sorry. Uh, and uh, you know, and it was it was nice of him. I was that because he's a guy that I respected. It's one thing when like. Someone that like some douchey kid who lives with his parents, like you suck. But when somebody that you respect their work attacks you, you're like for no reason at all. Like I had never even said a word during Bonner, and I was like, "Fuck, man, this guy's constantly on my fucking dick." And then, and then when he apologized, I was like, "You know, thanks, man. That was actually pretty cool of him to apologize." So uh, it was a pretty man. It was a, not a man. He can't even say. Do you know? Be a man. It's because also there's a lot of women that would apologize too. You have to be careful now uh, what you say. It was a very respectable thing to do. Ariel Hawani. My experience with Ariel is in the beginning. I was making fun of everybody, and I was making fun of Ariel too, saying that like Gonzo the Muppet was gonna dress up as a Kim for Halloween. Or I was making these jokes, and he got upset. He got very upset. And uh, then I actually had to have Mayhem call. Me and Mayhem were hanging out, and I told them Mayhem called them. We kind of made up. I saw him at the award show. He was very nice. Ariel, so uh, yeah, I've never but had I, any issues with him. But I've, uh, I, I've, I went out of my way to not make fun of him. I went out of my way to not really use him as a bit of a joke because he's sensitive. And it's one thing when you're making fun of a, a fighter who can kill you, you know. But at the same, because I feel like in that case, like I feel like athletes are way better at taking jokes than writers are for some reason. Writers seem way more sensitive. Because uh, when you write, it's your content. It's personal. It comes from you. So when somebody kind of marks on that, it's... But I was marking on his face. I wasn't marking on his writing. <laughs> <laughs> but he was... Yeah. But he was... Anyway, Ariel was sensitive ordered. about it. So I went out of my way to kind of c- kind of leave him alone. He does a really good job, Ariel. Nothing but respect for Ariel. But I've, I've not roasted him in years because he got upset about it. I think you know? one of the things with him is like there were a lot of people in an uproar of like, well, where are we going to get our news from now? I'm like, he's not the one that like makes this shit up. And it's like, I'm reporting it. Cause I made the decision. You know, if Joe Silva sets a fight or if somebody's injured, whatever it is, still going to report to whoever the next person is. Yeah. Um, but I think he was one of the first that started. Like, I remember me and one of the, like a fan, I would always see him. Like he was one of, even before the fighters became commentators, like Errol was on the scene. Like they would give him his throw to him and let him do his little 30 seconds, 40, whatever it was. He was one of those first faces. Like, and he was probably doing it for pennies back then. He'll be fine. Ariel's, a, oh, yeah, Ariel's totally. a real smart kid. He's got a uh, he's in the fire, but he, he's a very, he's very good at what he does and uh, he'll be fine. I'm not I worried about C- Ariel Hawani. I'm worried about myself. What? I nominate CB. I think that the door's open. Yeah, for you, CB. Buddy. You'd I be great you'd at that. You know, it's, I'll tell you. You know, it's really funny about that. I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. In uh, 2011, when I moved to Vegas, yep. my dream was to work for the UFC. It still is, in one facet or another. And I remember Dana always saying in interviews and on the Ultimate Fighter, "I love guys that step up." So I went to the UFC headquarters when I was there, and I submitted a resume, a letter, and basically a separate letter of like what knowledge I have of the sport and training and whatever. And I put in there, 
I could replace Ariel Helwani tomorrow. Right. I never heard back, but I that would be something amazing in terms of someone they have. I think Megan Olivey would be a great asset. I mean, she's already with them. She does a good job. And she's a little less, you know, I find Ariel sometimes a little confrontational with fighters or asking them, like questions that they don't want to be asked. I know Nate Diaz walked off on him recently. Recently? Yeah, and there's been other fighters that have gotten a little bit upset with him. And um, like I said, nothing against him, but I, I think there's there's a lot of people that could step up, do a great job, but I like Megan Olivier. There To me, honestly, the best, to me, my favorite, uh, people that have been very nice to me, Damon Martin, super been cool to me. Uh, Karen Bryant, come to a bunch of my shows, really, really supportive. Uh, Mike Schiappetta, Always really, really nice to me. I don't think even I don't know what he does now, but Chiapetto was always cool to me. Uh, ben Folks uh, was a nice guy when I met him. I mean, th- those guys, uh, R.J. Clifford, real nice guy. Th- th- I don't know. I always remember the people. You know what? As as a rule of thumb to people, be nice to people when they're first starting out because I I remember every comic that was a dick to me when I first started. Every single comic that was a fucking asshole to me, I know exactly who they are. And, uh, and everyone that was real nice to me, I remember. Uh, for example, Judah Friedlander was the nicest person to me and my friends. We used to stand outside every day in the freezing cold in Times Square and beg people to come see us for three hours a day for no money. Beg people. We couldn't even feel our fucking faces. The struggle is okay. <laughs> this is for years we did this. And Judah Friedlander would come by and do a set, and he was always super cool. Uh, DC Benny, another great comic. I don't know if people know who he is. Oh, yeah. Always really cool. And there are other comics. I'm not going to say their names but because uh, they're successful. Uh, but they <laughs> were not always nice. And, uh, and, and you, you don't forget. You do not forget. I don't forget. And it's like Batman. Remember when Batman had the guy from the League of Shadows? What was his name? Uh, oh my god it was uh, Liam Neeson yeah the, the guy who, remember he said uh, oh yeah Raza Raza Al-Ghul. Al-Ghul. he goes I don't have to save you or something he goes, I, don't, I don't have to help you but I don't have to save you and he let him go that's what these fuckers man they're, they're all gonna come back at one day at one point people don't realize guys I'm not going anywhere okay I I'm not the most talented but I can take a punch. Um, I, and I'm saying that literally and figuratively. I can take a punch. And, and it's those people you have to work out, look out for. Not the best ones, but the ones that just hang in there. The and the ones that keep going forward. Okay? You just keep moving forward. Those are the ones you have to work out, look out for. That's me. Okay? Me and my crew. All right? Some of these people... Okay, I'm not gonna name names, but they rhyme with babina babir. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know they 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 jump off the ship or uh, or Bebex or or other people. Uh, Bake Bellenberger. Okay, these people like uh, you know they they, they they they. All right, I'm still here. Oh. Okay, I am still here, and I'll still be here. I don't care if there's one person listening or ten million. Okay, I will still be here. I'm with my fucking my crew. I'm just gonna. What are we talking I'm about? I'm just gonna keep sticking around, man. He better. I'm stick not around. fucking going anywhere. I got yeah. MMA roasted tattoo. I'm here for life. Fuck you're yeah. You're stuck with me, motherfucker. That's that's all right. Now I'm scared. Now, uh, <laughs> Yoel Romero uh, is going to contest a suspension. Oh my god. Um, he would have gotten nine months if he just would have pleaded guilty. 
But now he's going to get two years. He might get two years now, right? If he contests it and loses? I, I, I don't know. And then there's a, there's a, uh, there's an, a, part, a part of it that says if he doesn't have the funds that they will waive the fees for him to appeal, it's normally like somewhere around like three grand or something from he what I thought. $3,000? That's what I'm saying. He's like, you know, I'm going to appeal and I shouldn't have to pay. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like 40 years old. I mean, Yoel, I love you, buddy, but just take the nine months and come back. By appealing, you're really, you might fuck yourself. At the same time, if he's innocent, you know, he doesn't want to have that stigma. Uh, Has anybody won an appeal, though? And looking at him, <laughs> let's just do like the sight test. That is not how most 40-year-olds look. Uh, that's not how most 20-year-olds look. That's not Can how you get, like uh, Keith Kaiser to go in the bathroom with him and he has to pull down his pants and if his balls are the size of raisins, we know he's fucking using? Seriously, yeah. By the way, there was a girl I knew that like... Uh, <clears throat> That when she was having sex, right, with her boyfriend, in order to get him to last longer, she would flick his balls. It's reminding me of the story. And she said that it actually worked. It would reset the, the nut. Uh, and, like, yeah, like, she would like flick, <laughs> he was, she would flick his ball sack. And I actually that tried that one time. I was having sex. I started flicking my own balls. <laughs> and then it worked. I didn't come at all. The girl ran away horrified. She was like, what are you doing? No, I'm kidding. No, but I did, I did flick my balls. I'm, I, you know what? I can last. I have like the worst because I could last a lot the first time and uh, I can't let. But then the second time it takes me forever to come. That's awesome. But that's good. Yeah, that's better. You think so? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because I'm on antidepressants so that takes you like longer to come on these anti-anxiety pills. But it does. I don't know sometimes about I'll, that because I'm on antidepressants too. Really? You need to uh, up the value. Uh, but I'm saying, like, I take it, like, it takes me like 45 minutes sometimes. To 45 come, minutes? For round one or two? <coughs> round two. Who has so that you get kind for of a time? good 20 minutes the first Yeah, but the worst one, the first was about 15. But the worst one, you're sweating on someone. Like, you keep going and you're sweating and, like, I feel bad for the girl under me. Are you, are you making sure she's getting hers in the first Oh, she's, she, I, I can make a girl come usually four or five times. Okay. Like, uh, or I mean, probably one of them legit, but a fake four or five <laughs> times. No, I, I usually can get, the, I usually make sure a girl comes first. Okay. I actually, I lie there because I want, I want her to want to have sex again. I'm thinking about the next time we have sex, before, the first time. Which is probably not good. I should be in the moment. Take but, notes, boys. Take notes. This is yeah. There was a time though where I was at a strip club and this bartender was so hot in Arizona, and uh, uh, the whole night I'm I'm getting like you know you're just getting teased at a strip club, and then she came and like she pulled on my pants and like blew me. I, I must have busted in like one minutes. one minute, and she was like, "When was the last time you got laid?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's not what you want to hear." After coming, is when was the last time? Then the second time, I went to town. It was it was it was pound town. But I think she was disappointed with the, about the the lack of the first time. But whatever, you got to make up for it sometimes, you know. So Adam's rules are: flick your nuts, yeah. take antidepressants, yes, yes, <laughs> and make sure she gets hers. There you yeah, go, guys. don't go off your anti pills though. If you go off them, like have you ever went off them and then like you come real quick? You ever have that? Uh, I'm too afraid to get off of them yeah. strictly based on. My own mental. You're gonna murder someone and stuff. I'm just. Uh, I don't know. Are you guys I, I, <laughs> sharing the same script? <laughs> Probably not. But I've heard that withdrawal, like trying to get off the medication that I'm on, is one of the most excruciating what do you processes. Seroquel. I never heard of that. I never it's even like, heard of that. It's like a six month to a year process. You don't oh. sleep, and it's like. I had a friend who tried to withdraw, and like, um, I'll, I'll say it publicly. My father's a Scientologist. Right. So it's like. He's completely against all psych meds and all that shit. He's like, you need to get off. I'm like, do you want to put up with me for the next year? 
because I can't put up myself. Like, you don't understand. Nobody understands. Oh, just get off. It doesn't work like that. I'm not going to try that. Right. How I'm long happy you been with on them. Is, uh, is that a factor too? Like, prolonged? I've been really- on August. It'll be eight years. Did your dad oh, believe so in aliens and stuff? Um, no, he's just <clears throat> very um, close-minded about things. Because gotcha. anybody that knows anything about Scientology is they're into brainwashing people. So Right. It is what it is. He's getting better, though. Oh, that's good. All right. I remember uh, when I was in my, like, I was 23 years old. I was working as a shop boy in New York. I was a, like, you know how they have shot girls? I was a shop boy. Oh, okay. I was in this play called Birdie's Bachelorette Party where I gave lap dances to girls during the play. And then afterwards, I would sell shots till like four in the morning. It was the Culture Club in New York, three floors, and just chicks everywhere, all bridge and tunnel. And I, I had this pink headband, and I had a glitter on me. I would get so much tail, whatever. Okay, I was making like fourteen hundred, just all in ones. I mean, money down my crotch. I had jeans on and like a belly shirt. Right, this was my job because it was a play where you didn't know who was in the bachelorette party and who wasn't. It was like mm-hmm. Tony and Tina's wedding. People who made that, but instead they did a bachelorette party on crack. Yeah. So and it was crazy. So I remember. One time, like, I went off my pills, and I would just grind with girls all night. I'd make out with, like, six girls a night. It was probably one of the most fun, unproductive times of my life. And I remember I was dancing with this girl, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I just busted all over my shorts uh, on the dance floor. So that, I mean, how embarrassing is that? Like, coming. So then I had to go to the bathroom and, like, dump water to match the color on my jeans because you don't want to have a big... Yeah, that was that was rough. That was a rough. Oh. You ain't cool unless you piss your pants. No, yeah, those are the days, man. Those are the days. To be twenty one again. To be twenty one again. <laughs> yes, that was that was that was a good time. Um, so what other news we got? Oh yeah, there's an eighty. Uh, there's a sixty eight year old lady fighting in WMMA who's not done. She got the shit beaten out of her her last fight oh. uh, in Colorado. I saw her. Her name is Ann. Ann something. Uh, but. She got beat by this young, pretty cute girl, actually. And uh, she got beat up. Look, when you're 68 years old, I'm sorry, Grandma. It's just, it's past your time, okay? You do not need to be fighting unless you're fighting other 60-year-old ladies. If there were granny fights, I'd watch it. Like, tell me you wouldn't watch, like, two, like, a, a 75. I mean, you could watch it in Bellator, main event. I was just saying, didn't we already fucking yes. see this? But seriously, two grandmas you wouldn't watch go at it for, like... Walkers I, or no walkers? No walkers. Canes? No canes. You, uh, you tell me you wouldn't watch that? Just two grandmas slug it out? I, I know you think I watch everything, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You could kill one of those people. But you could kill them, but if there's a 68-year-old fighting a 70-year-old... You don't know. What if she's on fucking Nandrolone and, and Stanolazole and all those fucking steroids, and she comes in there like... It'd be like fucking Cyborg versus like... <laughs> I don't know. Her name, is she- An, her name is Ann Perez de Tejada. She holds the record for the oldest MMA fighter... Uh, she's 68 years old. A lot of people think that they don't have much to gain by beating me. They don't want to lose. She was great. Look, she had a, I don't know. Enough is enough. Really, you really need a 68-year-old lady. I'm sorry, Grandma. I know you're bored, uh, but... The oldest guy in the UFC that ever competed was 51. Who was that? His name was, uh, I think it was Ron Van Cleef, and it was in the early days, Mm -hmm. and he just got destroyed. Mm. Well, Ron Van Cleef... Uh, that's funny because John's nickname is John Van Queef. Uh, <laughs> now, I, that was, I, that was often, so predictable. How often do you queef, by the way? Uh, I don't think I have, actually. Ever? You never queefed? No, not doing sex. No, just in like, general. I don't know. 
Less less than a handful. Uh, oh, okay. Less than a handful, I think. All right. Hashtag John doesn't queef uh, on Twitter, guys. <laughs> if you guys want to tweet out John doesn't queef. Don't All right. Do it. Now, um, what were you saying? Now, you said that uh, uh, before the show, you were saying Ken Shamrock tested positive for. So, yeah, Ken Shamrock and Kimbo, as we knew, uh, but we didn't know the substances last time. Ken Shamrock and Kimbo Slice both tested positive for performance enhancement. Um, it was released recently that Kimbo and Ken were both on Nandrolone, which is a form of a steroid, and Ken actually tested positive for opioids. <laughs> so he had opium in his system as well. Um, now, why would he take opium? I have no idea. I, I'm sure it's going to come out that it was, he went to Jamba Juice, got a drink, and somehow some heroin ended up in the fucking smoothie. Or so I, I don't know. That's I really crazy. don't know. I mean, Ken Shamrock is just, embarrassing himself uh-huh. and which is crazy because Ken Shamrock at one point was the man. man. I mean, beyond the man. I mean, he was the most dangerous man in the world, but he, he was legit like the toughest dude out there. He was one of those guys. You're like, Oh, Ken Shamrock. And now you're doing heroin and fucking losing 10 fights in a row and throwing fights and losing a Kimbo slice. It's like, what are you doing? Does he not have money? I mean, Can I he- might say he's probably one of the first faces like poster boys of, yeah, like you, and you know, I I got love for the Shamrocks, but it's sad. That hurts my heart. It is sad. Uh, now Andre Arlovsky does not give a shit about fighting Overeem, even though they're teammates. Uh, you know what? Good. It's about time teammates fought. I, I it's annoying. It's once when, in a while, it's what? like it's like once every yeah. long while that they that teammates fight, and you know sometimes that makes for the best matchups. What well, also seems like Overeem is not a good. People seem to not like Overeem in their camp. I mean, I know at the at the Black Zillions they all hated him. I well, because he brought in his they, whole crew and was like, "I'm not training with George Santiago. I'm not training with fucking Neil Melanson or whoever it was down there." He's like, "I'm bringing my team in. We come in when we come in, and that's it." And yeah. when he got to Greg Jackson's. He was like, well, I'm doing the same thing. Greg's like, no, this is a team. We yeah. work together. We're family. Not going to fly. And he was like, oh, but Although at the same time, I think he beats Arlovsky. I think Overeem walks through. I, I think he walks through him. I I just think he knocks him out. I think Arlovsky, you know, he, he had that great comeback, but they were like all sort of asterisks in some ways. Like he went up against... I mean, like his comebacks were a little bit like they're hit and miss. A little bit hit and miss. His return fights to the UFC was absolutely abysmal against yeah. Brendan Schaub at uh, UFC 174. That was horrible. I'm thinking he's going to knock Bren, uh, Brendan Schaub into next week, and then it was a three round just fucking bore fest. And the, and the Travis Brown fight was after Travis switched camps, went to Coach Edmund, who who I think is like the you plague. know the, he's the <laughs> you don't even go he, there. He really is the plague. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, but they said at the unstoppable press conference that, you know, they giving them the weight of teammates is, is too much that they look like, look, we're seeing each other. We've sparred less than a handful of times and, you know, yeah, right. he's not, him, he's not a teammate. A, it's, it's not, you know, I don't have a problem fighting him. I look forward to the competition. I thought it was, you know, right. Pretty well, respectful. They're not really There's no bad blood. Just stating yeah. it matter of fact, it is what it is. And let's get it on. They're not really friends, and and um, I know that Greg is working with Arlovsky. He said he wasn't going to corner either, and then he said, "You know what? I'm going to work with Andre. Here's why." And they're doing separate practice times, so they're ne- they're not in the gym at the same time right now. Yeah. One's in the morning, one's late yeah. afternoon, whatever it is. But I- I've always been into like I know there was some guy. I'm not fighting this guy because I train with him. It's like you know what? I've had this conversation with a friend of mine. I said, you know, if we were to fight tomorrow, I'd shake your hand before it. I'd go in there to whoop your ass. And at the end of it, 
Winner buys dinner the same way That's Machida great, and Munoz who, what, did. It. What friend and what fighting organization Shut are you up. talking about? Um, <laughs> no, but like Machida, Machida when he fought Munoz, yeah, they said, you know, we got to put it, we got to put it, our friendship aside for the moment. Do whatever we got to do, and the winner buys the loser dinner. Yeah, so I'm sure Mark Munoz. I understand ate a ton that, but when other other times, like some of the team alpha male guys, I know Dillashaw being the whole the aberration from that. But you know, I mean, look, there are guys that are best friends, train every day together, and they don't want to fight each other. And I understand that part of it too. Sometimes friendship is more important than than money. I, I get that. I understand. Also, it's a sport. If you want to be number one, you got to fight whoever they put in front of you. That that's just the thing. Do you think it's because of those camps have gotten, uh, they were smaller? They've gotten bigger now, so they don't have to interact. I think, you know. I think also, guys, sometimes more... people know now if I go to this camp, this guy's in that camp, and I may end up having to fight him, so I'm not going to go to that camp. I've, I've hung out with fighters before who don't even go, they're in the area, and like, oh, I'm not going to San Diego because XYZ is there in my weight class. I don't even want them to see what I'm doing mm-hmm. because I'm not going to go there. So there's that. There's a lot more camps now they can go to where you can go to a camp and you can be like, okay, there's some Bellator guys there. There are some UFC guys, guys around my weight, but not necessarily my weight. The champ isn't there. So I, I think it's a lot easier now. It's not three. If there were three camps, we'd be fucked or two camps. But there's a lot of camps out there. And I think there's a lot of... Um... I mean, there's a handful or more of fights I could think of right now that guys were like, I'm not going to fight this person because they're one of my best friends or whatever it is. At the same time, after the fight, there's a lot of guys that are like, you know, he beat me at what I want to get better at, so I'm going to go down It happens there. all the time. Guys train with people that beat him, which Gust- I think is pretty cool. Gustafson ended up at Alliance because Davis out-wrestled the hell out of him. Yeah. And, and, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I, I, and I pose this question to both of you. Do you think it's also along the lines of like one of the fighters said he won't fight the other guy because he knows he'll lose or he knows that the guy's better than him. And two quick examples, Rory said he would never fight GSP and Rashad said he would never fight Rumble. Uh, well, here's mm-hmm. the deal with that. I think in both of those cases, Rory and GSP and Rashad and Rumble, it was more of a big brother type thing, situation where Rashad was looking out for Rumble. He became a big brother, a mentor to him. Uh, it was more than just a training partner. It was a, uh, it was, it was some, it was a coach. So you don't want to fight your coach. You don't want to beat your coach. And Rory McDonald, when he came to that camp, it was like 18 years old. GSP was the man. Yeah. So I think there's that. Uh, do I think guys know they're going to lose? I do think in their head, I, 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 uh, I think even with like Caraway, you know, like uh, Caraway and Team Alpha Male. Uh, Caraway says he he got the best of these guys. Other guys, the Team Alpha Male say he's different. I know that they don't want to seem to fight each other. Uh, they offered Caraway the favor fight. Caraway turned it down. So I don't know what exactly happened, but that might be a situation where Caraway um, himself even said, like, he's a lot better than he is mentally. He's stronger. Yeah. When Caraway's on his game, he's one of the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes he mentally folds. And um, that might be a situation where he, he doesn't believe in himself as much as he should. There's no reason why Caraway should now be a punchline where fighters are calling him out and he's hiding under Misha's tit or yada, yada, yada. Caraway is a great fighter, a great fighter. He's great grappler. He's a good striker. He's a really, really smart fighter. He's got everything going for him. Caraway's biggest problem is Caraway, uh, is Brian Caraway. Get out I, of his own head. Caraway versus Aljamain Sterling is not going to be a, I don't think it'll be a beatdown. I think it'll be a very close fight. I would love to see that fight. Number one, do I think Aljamain may be more 
talented, younger, quicker. Yes, but then you got Caraway, who has more experience, uh, who's been in with better people, uh, who's a better grappler. I, I think it's a great fight. That's a great fight. But the way it seems right now is that Aljamain's calling out Caraway, and Caraway's ducking him. Is he ducking him? He came on the podcast and said, no. Do I want to see it? Yes. I would love to see that fight because I think I, think I, I happen to like Brian a lot. I think Brian's a good dude. He's been around for a long time. He gets a lot of shit because people want to fuck Misha and because it's funny to see Misha with him. But is it is it undeserved? Sure. Is it funny? Yes. Do I make the jokes myself? Of course. Uh, do I feel kind of bad? A little bit. Do I like Caraway? Absolutely. Uh, would I hang out with him if he was here? Sure. So anyway. Um, you got Frank Mir and uh, Lombard uh, suspend, you know, medical suspensions for until good. they cleared one, uh, 180 days, 180 days. I think that should be so. 597,000 <laughs> days. I think, honestly, uh, uh, Lombard, I think, has a future in MMA, a big future as far as could he make a title run? It's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, could he do it? Yes. If he takes the fight on, short term, on a, a short notice fight and wins against a top guy, he's right up there. Frank Mir, I just think it's might be time. Look, he's had quite a career, an amazing career. But do we want to see fucking Frank Mir be punchy? Do you do you not want to see the arrogant, obnoxious, intelligent, smart ass Frank Mir? That's who I want to see. I want to see that Frank Mir. I don't want to see him fucking drooling. You want to see Frank Mir from. The only person I want to see drooling is a chick over my dick while giving me a blowjob, okay? Because I'm telling you, that's the only... When a girl... Do you do the whole spitting thing when you give a blowjob or just <laughs> you just, you just go and dry? Decide in the moment. Really? I don't spit. That's kind you of... You don't no. spit? I don't spit. I'm telling you, when a girl drools on your dick and then goes in for the kill, you know you're in for a good night. I don't mind drool on my dick. You, CB? I, I, anyways. All yes. right. Um, in terms, I don't mind it. In terms of Frank Mir, there was something else that I read earlier. Um, yes. Thank you, CB. Because people were talking about, you know, early stoppage and, and Mir could have taken more shots or gotten a sub. Frank Mir and his team spoke to Mark Goddard, who was the referee of his fight with Hunt, backstage after, and they all said, you know, thank you for stopping it. Which means he didn't want to take any more of Hunt's shots. Yeah, he he. he I yeah, watched Bob was it out again. of his mind. It, it was not an early stoppage. You're saving a guy. That one punch, and it may sound ridiculous, but that one full punch to the ground from Mark Hunt after even one could have put him on, you know, just stupid street for the rest of his life. Why? Why would you want to see him get punched more? Well, he could have pulled off a sub. He could have pulled an avocado out of his ass too, but it's <laughs> probably not going to happen. <laughs> You really? You don't think he could have pulled an avocado out of his ass? He's pretty badass. I just... I, have I, you ever had an avocado on your ass? No. <laughs> no? Prove no. it. No. You've never had any kind of fruit? No. No. What about you? I can't with you today. John, have you ever had an avocado up your ass? <laughs> no. Have you ever done anal with a guy? No. Or not? Really? No, no, really? I thought Puerto Ricans like that shit. No. Nope. Really? It depends what side of the island you're from. No. <laughs> oh, really? What, what side no, of the island are you not, from? No. That's, I don't know. Are you from the island or are you from New York? No, I'm from New York. Born New and York. raised. You know, have you been to, been to Puerto Rico? Uh, yes. Do the guys love you there? We love everybody, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah. but they're like, they're like big butts and you have a yeah, big... Yeah, yeah. I love, I love all my people. Nice. Any, anybody in the Caribbean. Dominicans, nice. we're all great. All the same. By the way, Adrian Broner is now wanted by the police for getting into a bowling fight. Uh, he was at a bowling alley. And they were betting, and he was losing. And supposedly, allegedly, uh, the guy said, I don't want to play anymore, took his money. Broner waited for him outside the bowling alley, 
beat him up, and then took a gun and took his money back. Uh, if that's true, Broner is the biggest waste of potential in the last 25 years when it came to boxing. Mm. I mean, the dude had so much talent coming up. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a boxing fan, not as big as I used to be, but I remember Broner beating uh, Litzow, uh, and then he beat he beat a bunch of guys up, up. He was like looking at the next big thing, and he finally lost to uh, oh that that guy with the M, whatever his name is. Uh, Boxing is uh, a dying sport. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, no. Madonna, Madonna beat him, beat him up pretty bad against Broner. But Broner, I mean, he has all the talent and no discipline, none. He's always getting fat. He's missing weight. He's get partying too much. He's he's on Instagram eating. Strippers, pussies. I mean, really doing that on 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 World Star Hip Hop. I mean, he's just con. He has like five kids, and he's just being an idiot. And now this, what are you doing? What are you doing? What is this? What's wrong with these people? I think people always say to me like, "You think Tyson could have been the best ever?" No, because mentally is as important physically, if not more important. And if you don't have it mentally, I don't care how gifted you are. There are so many people out there. Uh, Ike Adabuchi, who's, who's, uh, who, who's a heavyweight, great heavyweight, went to jail. He was up for rape. He said the voices in his head made him do it. Uh, I mean, just Good. there's so many. You can go on the list of all these talented people. But you, mentally, Kenny Florian was not physically the most gifted fighter in the world. No. But mentally, he had it. Uh, and he was disciplined. He didn't get in trouble, and he trained, and he and he fought for the title seventeen times. Okay, because he was he was there. Did he win it? No. no. Did he come close? Sure. There are so many guys out there that are like Chael Sonnen, not the most physically gifted person, uh, but mentally as a fighter. I mean, yeah, he 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 would snap and he would lose some fights. He should have won, and yada yada yada. But still, he was mentally able to get to. Places mm-hmm. where I think physically he wasn't able to because of his brains. He's you incredibly to, intelligent. So intelligent. Incredibly. Like the stuff he says is just, and he's funny too. He's very clever with it. So is Frank Mir. Is just, Frank Mir is another guy, intelligent guy who, you know, look, there are like John Jones is the perfect example of physically. Uh, I mean, you got three, there are three Jones brothers. Two are in the NFL and one of them is world champion. Those are some Pretty damn good genes. And I'm not taking away from their talent because they're very, very talented. I'm not taking away from their, like, what they've actually, their, 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 their drive and their accomplishments. But mentally, hitting pregnant women and fucking fleeing the scene, doing cocaine, DUIs, driving without a license again. I mean, it's just maybe he's not ready mentally to be the best of all time. Physically, he might be. It's it just, you can't just be one sided. I don't right, think they think, think about it in the moment until they get caught or something happens, and it's then it's an after the fact. That's, that's why I'm mentally saying, they're not there. You got to yeah, think about it in the moment. They well, they don't have it. You got to think, Adrian Broner, like beating someone at a fucking bowling alley is not going to advance your career. Uh, I mean, it's in terms of that whole thing, you know, we've talked about it before. You look at Mayhem Miller. Guys, unbelievable talent. Could have been much higher up in rankings and, and prestige. Beat Robbie Lawler. And, and was able to do so many things, but his head is so fucked up that he's just doesn't even know what to do with themselves. And now he's getting in trouble, this, that, the other, million-dollar bail, tattoo shop, bath salts, church naked, all this, all this crazy shit. It's like... 
and it's it's not just not just sports, comedy. I mean, I've seen so many talented comics. I mean, uh, my favorite comic ever, uh, one of my favorite, Mitch Hedberg. I mean, Mitch yep. Hedberg. I mean, the talent on that guy, the things he came up with. Fuck, man. I love Greg. Uh, Greg Giraldo. Oh, I mean, Greg Giraldo was nice, funny. Nice guy too. But I mean, just there are so many guys out there that just like. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not longer with us. And they were in their 30s or 40s. They were young, young I, people. I remember Mitch Demons. in his bits doing like, you know, yeah, I do heroin. I have to. I have so many fucking track marks I have to shoot up in between my toes now. I was a big Mitch Hedberg fan. Yeah. And just gone, you know? Yeah. Uh, By the way, speaking of comics that ended their lives, Gary Shandling, rest in peace. Yeah. I remember uh, the Gary oh, Shandling show was one of my favorite shows. I remember watching it with my dad. We used to watch Married with Children and the Gary Shandling Show. It was like Sunday Night Fox. That was way before. That was back when there was six channels. I'm kind of old, but uh, that was one of my favorite. Gary Shandling Show was hilarious, and then he did the Larry Sanders Show, and that could not, that was so damn funny. He was a huge boxing fan. Gary Shandling, he boxed himself. Uh, he was he was a. Uh, a uh, great, great guy. He had a heart attack, a uh, massive heart attack from what I know. And uh, uh, that sucks because Gary Shandling was uh, a great talent. A gr- the, I mean, really. For the young fight. kids, he, he, I would say he was probably the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm of his day. Oh, yeah. That, he was, for he you was, guys out there that, uh, that don't know. Yeah, oh, my God. He was, he was young, like, too. 66. 66, yeah. It, it, I mean, uh, so hug your dad is what I'm trying to say. On that uplifting news, uh, we have a press conference right now between Steve Carl and Bilal Muhammad. Steve Carl's a guy I've hung out with. Let's call Steve Carl first. Hung out with him in uh, in Florida. Really cool guy. Uh, he's basically the homeless fighter. Um, I remember him. He was living out of his car, basically, just going from camp to camp. Very, very talented guy. Record of 22-4. and four. Uh, Just a great fighter. Tough guy from Iowa. Just a tough, tough guy. And he's fighting in the Titan FC main event against Bilal Muhammad, who is 8-0, and uh, who trains with uh, Rufus Sport. And he, Bilal, uh, last time he came on the show, it said CM Punk is a legitimate badass and beats up people at the gym left and right. Hello? Hello, Steve Carl. Uh, this is me talking to Adam Hunter. Yes, how's it going, brother? Oh, it's going all right, man. You're here with Steve? It's like a tornado warning down here. Oh, damn. Well, are you, you in Florida? Yeah. Nice. You're here. I'm, I got CB Gold and uh, Jean here. Now, last time I saw you, we went to that strip club. Oh, shit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was so much fun. Uh, when they, 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 uh, they brought Gunner on stage. How funny was that? If you guys don't know uh, Gutter, he's this very, very awkward fighter on The Ultimate Fighter. He made the finals. And then I said it was his birthday. So they brought him on stage with this porn star. He could not have been more uh, petrified. I've never seen a, a fighter uh, more awkward in my life. It was Me and you were dying oh, man, laughing. He was so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> How funny was that? Oh, it was hilarious. I loved it. I loved hilarious. it. I loved it. And then, uh, so Steve, man, you are, you're a great fighter. We, I've hung out with you plenty of times. Uh, remember last time uh, you, were, you were homeless when you came to L.A.? Are you still homeless? Or? <laughs> well, technically, yes. I'm down here in Florida. I'm living in uh, a condo down here, but uh, yeah. Nice. I'm still just a homeless dude living on my car. Go, go, are you, no, you're not. Are you, 
Now you're are you training with? No, I got I got five houses up in Iowa, and like three of them are sitting empty because I'm down here training instead of up there, you know, taking care of my shit. Do you really have five houses in Iowa? Yeah. Wow, you are the most interesting guy I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> uh, I and then when I saw you last time, you you were getting offers left and right on your phone to like fight people in Uzbekistan for like. 20 grand, uh, this one. And you're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. You, you, you end up taking a fight in Poland, right? No, I took a fight in uh, Chechnya. And how, what was that like? Oh, that was sketchy as hell, bro. <laughs> that was real sketchy. I was, uh, I was actually back up in Iowa, you know, taking some care of some priorities and working on my houses. And I hadn't been training or nothing, but I needed the money. And uh, they offered me this fight. I flew down here to Florida, trained for two weeks, flew out to Chechnya. Bro, it was all sorts of sketch. Uh, First, they wanted to know if I'd fight four and a half pounds heavier. I was like, sure. Then my guy comes in overweight anyways, and they just let it slide. And they they were trying to get me to weigh in uh, a whole day earlier, like two days earlier, so they could probably juice their dude up. Oh, wow. And and now what league was this? It was uh, ACMAT. Akmat, and you ended up fighting this guy who was looked like a looked like he was like out of Rocky Four. It was like Drago, <laughs> and you beat him. You submitted him in the third. Yeah, it was nuts, man. the The president of Chesnia is the one that puts on the fights. He's sitting right there, uh, ringside. You know, in this like couch setup is crazy. And there's ten thousand people in there. Like the whole setup is crazy. Ten thousand people, and none of them paid a mission. They're all let in for free and it's like promoting Chechnyan pride and people are brought in from all over the world to basically fight their their home team and uh, I was only one of two guys to win that night it was nuts now did you win the first two rounds or no hell no bro <laughs> I was tired as shit <laughs> I was so out of shape <laughs> I got suplexed in the first round like shit me this just happened really but uh yeah in the third round they were actually chanting his name and I reversed him, um, hit him. He jumped back on top of me, and I slipped it in a head and arm choke, flipped him over, and I'm choking him. And they stopped chanting his name. Then I let go of the choke, and I switched to a rear naked. And as I do that, they start chanting his name again. <laughs> and the ref stops the fight. I stand up, and the second my hands went up, it was just dead silence. Really? Dead silence. Yeah, and my quarterman jumps up. He's like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so so then you so then you win, right? Who's who's in your corner? Sabah Masi. Okay. And now do you guys celebrate in Czechia that night? Do you guys go out and party? No, no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we just hung out and ways to get paid. We, we flew out the next day. I mean you weren't were you like were you like scared for your life or no? No, no, not really. It no. wasn't bad, but I knew it was uh, you know keep your head down shut your mouth right 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 kind of a deal <laughs> was there but any man, the, the craziest what was that i was gonna say the craziest part about the whole fight is i come back from the first round and i'm completely gassed and sabah's not there he's gone like i have no cornerman i'm like what the fuck i'm just hanging on the ropes you know and somebody from the crowd is even like yelling at me about it he comes in like 30 seconds in slides in a chair i sit down and he jumps into the ring and the first thing he says he's like dude I don't know what to do, man. He goes, I'm freaking out. And I looked up at him and I'm so tired. I can't even have any expression on the face. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of freaking out too, man. I'm like, I'm fucking gassed. <laughs> he kneels down in front of me, takes like a couple deep breaths, then looks at me and goes, all right, breathe. 
And I started laughing. I tapped him on the shoulder. I go, there you go. And as soon as he said that, they, they told him, uh, you know, corners out. I was like, try again in five minutes, bud. <laughs> Why was he flipping out? Oh, because he, he ran off at like the last second to try to grab a phone so he could tell me time or something. And I don't know. <laughs> he was losing his mind. What a fucking but, mess. But yeah, he did kind of, you know, center my brain because I wasn't even thinking about the fight. I was thinking about him freaking the fuck out. That is, that's so funny, man. You you have such a life, dude. You're like, <laughs> you're, you're like the most talented like hobo fighter. Uh, but, but I, I love it though, man. I love hanging out with you too. You're, you're a really, really fun dude to hang out with. Uh, yeah, you're a good time, brother. Oh, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. So you're fighting Bilal Muhammad. What do you know about this guy? Um, I actually don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, obviously I looked him up after I accepted the fight and everything, but, uh, he seems like a pretty legit dude. He's got, you know, real, uh, clean stand up, good wrestling, well, the big problem I see for him is he doesn't really have uh, much finishing ability. Yeah. And so the way he's going to win this fight is to outpoint me for 25 minutes and not get finished. And that's going to be a really hard thing for him to do. Right, right. right. Well, we're going to call him right now. We're going to have the Uh-oh. Titan FC press conference between Steve oh, Carl shit. and Bilal Muhammad uh, out of Rufus Sport. Good camp. He's got, a, he's got a really good camp. American top team versus Rufus Sport. This should be a good... Uh, I like this. This is gonna this is gonna be a good fight. And this and you're I mean you're going to the Titan FC. You're fighting for the belt. Your first fight in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I mean the belt doesn't really mean a whole lot. Just <laughs> you know need that win. Yes. Now, do you think this is this win? I, mean, I, I mean, I don't mean to put it that way, but you know, fight to fight. I need to. I need this win. Hello. Hello. Is this Bilal Muhammad? Uh yeah. Hey, how's it going, man? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Jean CB Gold, and your upcoming opponent, Steve Carl. Bilal, how are you, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. Last time we talked to you uh, was you and Zane Kamaka were on the show. You beat Zane Kamaka. You're now 8-0. and uh, You hit very, very hard. Uh, you, uh, you won your last fight. Uh, how you, how you feeling? How's, how's, how's camp going so far? Good, man. I've been training for a while. Back into the gym after that fight, you know, I've just been waiting for another fight. Now I got one, and I'm ready to go back in there. Now, before we start the interview, last time you came on—I mean, on the interview—but last time you came on the show, you said that you train with CM Punk, and he's a beast in the gym, and he's and and he's fucking up all kinds of his training partners. Do you still stand by that statement? I still stand by that statement. Everybody gets hurt. Everyone gets hurt. Okay, so CM Punk is actually beating people at Rufus Sport. Yeah. He's a beast. Dude, I'm telling you, he's a beast. When anybody gets into that cage, you guys are asleep at him. He's still a beast. He's only getting better. Ha, so have you, ha, have you sparred with him? Yeah. And who wins? I mean, sometimes I give him a challenge, but most of the time it's like him uh, doing his thing. So he's, he's beating you in sparring. I mean, I can't give it any, like, gem secret or anything like that, what's going on in there, but I'll just say that he holds his own. He holds his own. So how does he do against Ben yeah. Askren, against Pettis? I'm telling you, man. He holds his own against everybody. So you think, so he holds yeah. his own in sparring against Anthony Pettis? He holds his own, yeah. You're going to see some cool stuff coming out of him when he gets in that case. So he beats Ben Askren in sparring? <laughs> not, like I said, I'm not going to say who wins what, but I'm going to tell you that. He holds his own. It ain't. It's not one of those. It's not, nobody's one sided on either side. Nobody's one sided. So it's it's even between him, Ben Askren, 
Uh, Biggie Mike Rhodes. How did he do it against Biggie Mike Rhodes? Yeah, same thing. He beats up Biggie Mike Rhodes. <laughs> I said they beat him up. I said they they be putting on shows. All right, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Okay, all right. Now back to you. All right, so you're fighting uh, your toughest opponent, a guy twenty two and four, a guy who choked out Josh Berkman, a guy who was the World Series of Fighting champion, Steve Carl. How do you plan on beating Steve Carl? Uh, I plan on going in there and um, doing some ninja shit. <laughs> what, what kind of ninja like shit? <laughs> Anything that's going with me to fight, man. Like I said, I'm not. I mean, everybody's doubting me against my all my other opponents. Like my last guy, Zane, said he had like 150 kickboxing fights, and I went there and I kickboxed with him, and I still look better than him kickboxing. The guy before me had freaking like 20 MMA fights. I still went in there and beat him. So like experience doesn't matter to me. I mean, I can go one day and compete with anybody in the world. So you think you're better than uh, Steve Carl on the feet? I think I'm better than everyone on the feet. Wow. Steve Ooh. Carl, did you hear that? Are you going to take this shit from this kid? <laughs> no, nah, nah, man. We're going to get in there. We're going to scrap. I mean, like I said, experience doesn't really matter. Every fight's a, a new fight, but uh, we're both going to go in there and try to win. Oh, Bilal, are you going to take that? He says that you're going to try to win. That is, the, Man, come he's on. been trying to get you to talk shit since you got on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, Damn. Bilal, are you going to take that? Hell no. No, he didn't say he's going to win. Did he say that? Yeah, he, he said he's going to win. No, I mean, I'm not going to let that happen. Are you serious? This is crazy. Bilal, he said people from, uh, he said, uh, Steve, he said people from Iowa are big pussies. Are you going to take that? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. God. All right. I this, how much fun you were, Adam. This press conference is on fucking fire, man. <laughs> Holy shit. I cannot believe the shit that's being exchanged. Are you take that? All right. So, uh, so, so, Steve, where are you better than Bilal Muhammad? Um, uh, definitely better than Bilal on the ground. Uh, he's not going to outpoint me for five rounds on the feet. That's for sure. Bilal, would like to respond? Oh, that was a statement? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like the best guys. <laughs> I roll with some of the best guys. I'm not worried about the ground. I don't care where the fight goes. Not I'll sit there that. and break him on the feet or break him on the ground. It doesn't matter to me. Huh. And I'm not like afraid to. I'll go to the ground if I have to. Hmm. I'm a two-time Naga champion. Weight belt division. Wow. Look at my stats. Damn, which Naga show? There's only like 500 of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Like, who was in that one? <laughs> now, now, Steve, uh, I've seen you hook up with some hot chicks, dude. You have that, that long hair, that rip body. You get tons of ass. Uh, Bilal, I have yet to see any chicks that you've hooked up with. Uh, does that mean Steve gets hotter girls? I mean, he's in Florida. There are some yeah, girls time's now. up. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying that girls from Florida are hotter than Chicago. Uh, Steve, would you like to respond to that? <laughs> I'm I'm in Chicago or I'm in Florida. What do you mean? Yeah, I know. You could just agree with it. Actually, you could just say, "Yeah, that's true." Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, now, Bilal, what belt are you in jujitsu? Me, I'm a, a, a blue belt. Huh. And Steve, what belt oh, do you? Shit, dude. <laughs> I don't have a belt, so he has me beat. Okay. 
Uh, Bam, yeah. yeah. I, I got, got the advantage. My statement from earlier. Nice. I got the advantage on the ground. You got the advantage on the ground. Damn it. Nice. Now, who has a better guillotine? I'm going to have to go with me. I mean, I, I got a pretty tight guillotine, man. I put a lot of people to sleep in practice. All right. Have you ever beaten CM Punk in practice? Oh, uh, man, dude, he got a rubber neck, man. You can't choke him out for nothing. Wow. Steve, uh, I know that you've trained with guys like Hector Lombard, uh, Robbie Lawler, uh, some of these monsters in American Top Team. And Bilal, you train with Ben Askren and Pettis. Who has the better camp? Oh, we do for sure. Bilal? I mean, my camp has the most champions, and uh, Ben Askren has uh, yet to lose. So I'm training with the best 170 in the world. Steve? And my head coach is uh, about to be. Well, uh, except our 170 is ranked number one, so that, that <laughs> statement's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, no, man, you see our new facility? It is fucking baller. It's one of a kind. It's the only one like it in the world. But uh, Robbie Lawler is ranked above Ben Askren on the pound for pound. Oh. And, and, I mean, you have to give him that right now. He never won it. If Ben Askren was in the UFC, Ben Askren would be ranked number one right now. A lot of people think that. A lot of people think that Ben Askren would be a, a big problem for Robbie Lawler. Uh, who wins? Ben Askren or Robbie Lawler? Steve Carl. Robbie Lawler. Not even a question. Hmm. Bilal? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, I uh, think, uh, the other option, Ben Askren. Hmm. What was the other option? <laughs> <laughs> this is quite the press car. This is like Conor McGregor, fucking Nate Diaz all over again. Listen, guys, uh, Give me, give me one good reason, Bilal, you're going to win the fight. Why are you going to be Steve Carl? I'm going to be Steve Carl because I'm going to go in there and do some ninja shit, and uh, people are going to be excited to watch it. Just tune in because I'm going to do some weird stuff in there. You're going to be like, damn, good thing I tune into this one. And Steve? I'm going to win this fight because, uh, you know, this is everything I've worked for for over a decade. And, uh, you know, I don't know, Bilal, he sounds like a pretty good dude. And we're all going after the same goals, but I'm not going to let him stop me. I'm going to train right through him. Wow. All right. Listen. So when's this fight? April 30th. April 30th on Fight Pass, Titan FC. For the title, this is the belt. This is the big money fight. Okay? The winner of this is the Titan FC champion. And we're talking about hot chicks, money, <laughs> sex. It's, this is it. <laughs> This is it. This is the winner of this fight may go to the UFC. Okay, so listen, everybody, watch this fight because uh, uh, I'm going to watch it. Fuck it. I'm, I got nothing else to do. So, so watch this. Uh, where is this fight? <laughs> it's in Miami. Is it Miami, really? Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely try to come. Not too far from where you played at down here. Oh, that'd be cool. I would love to go there. Uh, now, Bilal... Are you going to be able to fly to Miami with a name like Bilal Muhammad? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about driving down there, but yeah, I think I'm just going to fly down there. All right, well, uh, leave now because uh, the, <laughs> it might take you a long time. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I'll, I'll try it. I'm just I'll kidding. How it goes. I'm just fucking Hopefully with you. Bilal, you seem like a real nice guy, man. And I am going to be rooting for both of you guys. Although I know Steve better, so I'll probably root for Steve. Okay, but... <laughs> but I do... Damn, but you, being real. No, but I do like you guys. I like I like both of you. I just, I've hung out with Steve before. We went to strip clubs together. So uh, if, if I went to strip clubs like with you... Strip clubs. What? 
You like strip clubs? I like strip clubs. All right. So listen, we after the fight, let's all go to a strip club. All right. What do you say? Now we're talking. What was that? Okay, now we're talking. Let's now we're talking. Winner has to buy uh, the loser and Adam a lap dance. Yeah, the winner has to buy us both lap dances. What do you, what do you say? All right, oh, look at him. He threw his name in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, 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 first it was just the loser. Adam's like, wait, 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 wait. You can find me one too. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. I, I, want, I like lap dances. I want to play. Listen, well, thank you guys both. Uh, look forward to this fight. You guys both rule. All right, man. Sounds good, brother. Take care. All right. That was. What? What? What is that noise for? What do you? What do you think? Are you kidding? What? Bilal is. Other than delusional, that that wasn't very good of a press conference. What are you talking? about? It was a good press conference. Oh, uh, I, I I I do some ninja shit and this and that, dude. You haven't had a fucking knockout in three years. You haven't submitted anybody. How are you gonna say you know, you won the Naga white belt division, but you're gonna submit a guy who's fucking submitted Josh hey, Berkman? He's for the- eight and zero, though. The kid's eight and zero. Yeah, in the last six, uh, last five fights. Doesn't matter. Decisions. Every fight that he's won, he's fought. He's won. So you, you, look, you can't I, knock a guy who's eight and zero. Punches. Submission. I can knock him if he's boring on a press conference. Fuck it. I don't think he was that boring. He's eight and zero. And, and to talk about, you know... Uh, CM Punk beats everyone in practice? That, that yeah, you know, he, he holds his own and he does well against Pettis and he does well against Ashgate. <laughs> what drugs are you doing? And I think I want some. I don't even do drugs. I'm like, you must be on fucking cloud nine. <laughs> he, he gets his own against Ben Askin and Anthony Pettis and they have more titles at Rufus Sport? What title? Most pullouts of any fight camp ever? <laughs> You're talking about ATT here. I want to see CM Punk. Do I want to see Bilal Muhammad go to fucking ATT for one day? I love that press if conference. Ben Askren was in the UFC. My fucking <laughs> the world comes to an end tomorrow. Come I mean, on, you... Ben Askren is quite yeah, possibly the best he, one seventy five in the best in the world. But he hasn't stepped up to the biggest stage. He hasn't been I don't invited. doubt it. He's I don't invited. doubt it. Ben's amazing. He's undefeated. But he hasn't been invited. And to be there. honest with you, I think he could beat Robbie. He, he might. I mean. You know, you never know. Right now, that 15-year-old to beat Cat Williams want to know. Come on. He has fun. to spar Hector Lombard first. First, Walk in the door, get in the cage with Hector All and right. spar. Well, somebody that we are calling right now, Darian Caldwell. Uh, before we go to Darian, I want to thank our sponsor, D-Cypher. D-I-Cypher. Listen, book D-Cypher for long-term coaching. Uh, for mental coaching, uh, for personal coaching, for contract negotiations, personal advising. Call them up at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. Also, tip a fighter. Fighters are underpaid. It bothers me. Every time I see a payout, I'm like, Jesus Christ, get these people more money. They work their asses off. And now we can make a difference at tipafighter.com. Tipafighter.com. That's tipafighter.com. And now let's talk to Darian Caldwell, complete badass fighter. Is this, is this Darian Caldwell? Yes, sir. What's going on? What's up? Is this Adam? Yes, yeah, Adam Hunter. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast here with CB Gold and John. How are you, man? It is an honor to talk to a guy that I believe is the best 135-pounder in the world. Uh, man, I appreciate that. I really do, man. I, I'm not just it's bullshitting you. It's an honor to you. talk to you, bro. It, it's, uh, I've been a fan of yours since uh, I, I actually I first came in. Uh, I remember watching the NCAA Finals. And it was you against Brett Metcalf. And uh, you were, at that point, you had lost one match to Brett Metcalf. And I think he tech followed you, right, before that? Yeah. 
which earlier in the season. He beat you fifteen nothing, and you came out in the finals and beat the shit out of this guy. Uh, <laughs> I could not believe it because this guy was like they were talking about him. He was the next big. He was the big thing, and you threw a head and arm. Which is which is like I teach middle school wrestling and I don't even teach that move because I'm like guys they go for it every time. <laughs> you hit Brett Metcalf, one of the best wrestlers in the world, with a uh, a junior high school head and arm, and it worked. Was that was that? We, now, I have to ask you: Were you planning that? Honestly, I I planned it. Believe it or not, like I was like throughout the like the like it's like a final stretch during the season where it's just like a few guys in a room like. Guys are going to national as well. When I was at NC State, you know, and and I was just going over talking to some of the guys like, "Yo, I'm gonna hit this guy with a headlock." Like, I'm all like, I remember back in the day, wrestling in like high school, I'd be down like seven or eight points and hit a, hit a headlock for pin a guy. So I was always big on headlock and stuff. Feel me? So um, that was definitely uh, something that I like. I had planned. You know, that was unbelievable. I could not believe it. And then, then you're winning 11 to 6, and you start doing backflips. There's 10 seconds left in the mat, and you start doing backflips. And this guy gets so angry, he just runs at you and just charges you, and you go flying off the TV screen. Uh, came back. I mean, was that, were you pissed that he charged you, or you were like, fuck it, I actually won? Who cares? Yeah, no, nah, I, I didn't care at the time. Uh, actually, at the time, I, I wish I knew I was going to be fired in May rather than last one Olympics because. I probably would have stole off on him at the time. Probably would have punched him, punched him in, his, in his shit. But that's a different subject. At the time, I didn't really care, you know, because I just won a national title. Like, I mean, how could you be, how could you, like, how could that matter after so much hard work, you know, throughout the season? So I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'd take it in stride. He caught that. No, that was awesome. I mean, that was that I I that was one of the best matches. If you guys want to Google Caldwell versus Metcalf, it was one of the, it was unbelievable. Uh, then you tried out for the Olympic team and you beat in freestyle wrestling. You had basically no, you'd never done really freestyle, but you still tried out for the team and you came in th- for the world team, right? You took you took you came in third and the world team beat the yeah. Olympic champion, but then didn't make the team. What happened there? Uh, well, I don't know. I guess it it was the injury, you know. After I after I bust my shoulder up, um, hello, Funny. hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So after you bust yeah, your bad. yeah, after you bust after your shoulder I up, my shoulder up, um, the injury just just kind of kind of fucked me over. Like I just wasn't the same on the mat, you know. Um, I, I was I switched from like a left hand stance to a right hand stance, you know. None of my attacks were the same. None of my defense was the same. So I just wasn't the same after my shoulder injury, you know, uh, in terms of the wrestling. That's a lot of wear and tear, tear on your shoulders and your knees wrestling-wise, you know. To come back from a, a shoulder or knee injury in wrestling is hard. Like, yeah. You, they say wrestlers are aging dog years. It's true shit. So. Well, in the following year, you actually had to take half the season off. You got to the NCAAs. You were the number one seed. Second round, you blow your shoulder out. Now, at that point, after that, are you thinking you're never going to compete again? Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew like I just wasn't the same, the same wrestler. But you know, as a competitor, um, internet May wasn't on the radar, wasn't on my uh, my radar at the time, and um, so I kind of just was like, 
trying to give everything I have for wrestling. And I'm like, all right, maybe I can give this shot and try to make that one team. I went out to Nebraska and, tra- and trained out there a little bit, um, as well as the training center after I graduated. And I tried it. I tried it. So I went, I went to a tournament, like a, a last chance qualifier. I just shit the bed. Like I was just losing the guys. I couldn't stick my job strap. Had a not been injured, you know. So yeah. So how did you fix your shoulder? Well, uh, I had a good. I had a really good doctor. Like Doctor Andrews, you know, he's well famous. Like you know, he went to work on me, and uh, I, it was just intensive. Uh, rehab, just going hard in, in the lab, and I hadn't had any mishaps. And it made it a lot different, you know. You you don't have to put yourself in in those positions. A lot of positions that that wrestling forces you to be in, you know. So. Right. Well, your last fight against Joe Warren was a thing of beauty. Uh, it was actually the same day as the Kevin Randleman Memorial, and you hit him with a Randall Plex of RIP to the to the, to the great man. Oh, that was yeah. unbelievable. Was that how you you saw that fight going? Were you and Warren? Uh yeah, I figured I, I didn't know exactly um, how I was gonna finish him, but I knew I was gonna, you know, get my hands on him and finish him. Um, I didn't realize um, how strong I was at the 135 pound division. Now, you know, when I grabbed Sean, I'm like, all right, maybe it's Sean because he's a little, a little short, shorter. Um, Rafael, the same deal, but. I guess I'm. I feel like I'm a lot stronger than he's one thirty-five pounds. So yeah, um, well, I mean, you were. I knew the, it was just a matter of time. Once I got my hands on him, it was over. You were the NCAA champion at one forty-nine, so you're fighting fifteen pounds lighter than you wrestled at. Uh, is that a, is it a super hard weight cut? It's a it's a nice little weight cut, you know. Uh, but I do it, you know. This this is what I do. I'm a wrestler. It, if there's one thing we know how to do is cut weight. Uh, I've known it my whole life. It, it, it's definitely an advantage, you know, when you get the day before weigh-ins and, you know, you get that 24-hour span to hydrate up and feel good the next day. As opposed to wrestling where you don't really get that, that time period. You, you, you weigh in hour or two, you're, you're wrestling. So um, it could be, you know, a little bit better that, you know, I'm cutting more weight, but I get that, that, uh, 24-hour recovery. What are you walking around at? Uh, I'm walking around at like 55, not 60. Oh, so it's like 25 pounds. It's not too bad of a cut. Um, mm, now, yeah. I now I honestly think you're the most underrated fighter out there right now. I think in all of MMA, like you're you're an unknown entity. People don't realize how good you are. Uh, in high school, your record was 146 and four. Uh, you were a three-time state champion in high school. In college, your record was 109 and 13. Uh, you are a force, man. Beast. But nobody fucking knows this. What's going on? I, I, I feel the same way, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's only a matter of time, you know? Well, well what do we have that, to do? That was my first big fight, huh? What do we have to do? I mean, you, do you have to get into exactly a car? Exactly, though. Do you what have to hit it? So what do I got to do? You have to like get a, a DUI or something, or hit a hit a hit a pregnant chick with a car. <laughs> no, don't do any of that. I think I got to catch a body or something. Seriously, oh, no I mean, you have. I, I was looking. You have like six thousand followers on Twitter. You should have six hundred thousand. You are. I honestly think you're the next big thing. How do you think you would do right now against Dominic Cruz, 
Uriah Faber or Dillashaw? Oof. You know, those guys are cool. With no disrespect to none of them, but honestly, just honestly speaking, like I know I would just blow through them. But I just don't think that they're on my level. No, I'm just a serious competitor. Like, yeah. the, I think I'll finish all those guys. I think for the next couple of years, all you're going to see is finishes from me. Guys are going to be destroyed. I don't, I don't think guys are going to going to want to fight me in a, in a few fights. I don't think so, too. I, I don't think so, either. I, I think the UFC is taking notice, too. I honestly know that, that they're taking notice. Uh, but I think that... Uh, how many fights left do you have for Bellator? I got one fight left for Bellator. Well, they really yeah. got to give you a hopefully lot of money to stay. In summer. They really got to... Yeah, hopefully, I'll be fighting again in the summer. You know, I want to stay active, man. You know, I, I haven't really been able to push a string of, of fights together. So that's something I want to do. I want to fucking... You know, fight every two or three months. Like I know every fighter says it, but fuck, man, I'm, I'm I stay healthy. I don't fight for long. You know, all my fights are. I haven't been hitting a fight. I'm ready to be tested. You know, if not, then put me out there. No, no, stay not getting hit. Uh, you don't want <laughs> you don't want to get hit. Now, who do you yeah, yeah. Who, who who do you want to fight next? Man, I want whoever goes to the beginning, man. I I just know I'm hungry and I want to fight. You know, I don't, I don't want to really be benched. I don't want to be sidelined. But, you know, I know Bellator, they're a great organization. They they have a great plan, you know. Um, and, and so I have the utmost respect that they're going to put me in the right position. But, you know, I definitely want to stay active and, and fight as soon as possible. Now, what camp are you out of right now? I'm at Power MMA. I'm in Arizona. This is where I'm going to post up at, you know. Uh, so who are home base. So who are you, you training? Know? Who are the guys you're, you're, uh, you're uh, training with? I'm training with Miles Jury and Johnny Chase. Um, we got you know a bunch of a bunch of big bodies, but those are my two main guys. Yeah. Like Justin Lawrence was here. Um, you know, I think he just went back to San Diego, but throughout my camp, those are, those are my guys we were rolling with. Yeah, Joey Miola, he he's a tough guy. He's gonna be fighting for the RFA title um, coming up here soon at 135. He he's a, he's a stud. So um, having those guys there. Uh, around me, you know, for this next upcoming stretch, you're going to be huge, you know. Some bigger guys, some guys in my weight class, you know, some guys that can beat me up, some guys that I can hang in there with. So, right. Um, I think Tyler May is a perfect, perfect spot, you know. Yeah, you got some young, hungry guys, a lot of talent in that room. Now, how hard was it, like, how hard was the striking? How hard was it for you to pick up the striking in MA? You know what? Um, I, I could have, you know, a lot of the striking, you know, that I picked up, it, you know, I hadn't shown much, but there's going to be a time where, you know, hopefully um, someone forces me to stand up, and, and that's when they're going to get damaged on that feet. But um, I definitely credit a lot of my striking out in California. That's, man, I went out there and came back to Colorado and just was, there's a world of difference in my striking. <laughs> I was working out with, uh, I was working with Eddie Cha. Uh, He's at uh, All in MMA. Um, Rob McIver, he's at uh, Team Victory Muay Thai out in Inglewood. Uh, man, they, they got their hands on me and just fucking just went to work and I, I, I blossomed, you know. Um, within uh, the last 16 months uh, when I was out in California uh, training out there. but Yeah, and then um, you, were, you were with Bobby yeah, Green for a while, right? When you had training with Bobby Green? Yeah, 
Bobby Green, man, he he's amazing, but he got he got he got sidelined for a little while um, after after his fight with Edson um, Barbosa. He had a knee injury and then came back and then had another knee injury. But you know, uh, he was a huge help. You know, just being out there, like not even he didn't even necessarily have to train. Just like the knowledge that he gave me was amazing. Like you know, he 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 gives you the little things that you need to know. As as a fighter that that can really really change the the, the game, it's it's a small thing, you know. Bobby's got a lot of small things that I picked up on, and um, I credit a lot of you know my striking to him too. Um, uh, yeah, definitely Bobby and those two coaches were a huge you know, part of my development in the last fifteen months. Now back in yeah, North Carolina. Back in North Carolina, there are some hot, beautiful women there with like skinny waist, big asses. Uh, you were, I know, I know you were a stud there. I mean, you were just the man on the wrestling team. Were you running through chicks in North Carolina? I mean, come on. Was that what? Were you just running through tail? Were you just getting all the chicks? Uh, yeah, no, I was chilling, man. Come on. I was, I was about, yeah, man, I was chilling, man. You know, yeah, man, let, you got to hear the stories, man. I, I was just chilling and, you know, uh, what could I say? Uh, come on, you were chill- You were I'm getting good. some pussy in North. Come on, there's no way. <laughs> uh, good-looking black guy, stud, wrestler. You were, come on, those those, those white girls, they were, they were lining up, yeah. right? Come on. <laughs> yeah, we had fun. All right. I, I had a good group of guys around me in college, so, some guys that really like to have, have a good time, so. My, my college experience was definitely a blast. What about now in Arizona? Come on. I mean, are you just hot Arizona chicks? Uh, I'm chilling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> you put me on the spot, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a girlfriend, uh, right? You have a girlfriend? Yeah, man. I got a girlfriend, and she's awesome. Good, she, she good. Out, you know, uh, you know she's, she's always been there for me. Fuck, man. You know, but we're just chilling, man. You know, we just, just living life. You know. Well, I mean, I listen. I honestly, I, I, I really think I'm talking to the best 135 pounder in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm confident, and uh, I can't wait. Now, you got to make sure though, when you finally hit it big, you got all your stuff worked out. I don't want to see you getting in trouble or not. Right? You got, you got your whole, your discipline, right? You're not, we're not. I'm not going to see you out partying at, stri- yeah, at like nah, strip clubs man. on World Star. Nothing, right? You're gonna. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. The, the crazy thing is that 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 part of my life is over. I, I'm I'm not really into that type of stuff, you know. I'm I'm ready to just you know keep it moving. You know, MMA is my life. Like this is all I do. This is all I want to do. You know. So if it doesn't if it doesn't bark up that tree, then it doesn't really got anything to me. You know. Great, CB. Any questions? I'm not really a big part here, so. Yeah, Darian, I got one question for you. Um... You know, I've, I'm looking at the rankings. You're high up in the top five of bantamweight. The only guy you haven't fought that isn't locked up in a fight is L.C. Davis. Would you take that fight or a guy under him based on the fact that Dantas and Galvao are not fighting for the title until June? I absolutely will take that fight. I just want to fight again. Give me that fight, and I, I fucking love that fight. Do you think you could beat uh, Dillashaw and Cruz at the, at the uh, same time? <laughs> I think I could be all the UFC fighters at the same time. We could we could have a Royal Rumble. I guarantee. I'm the last one standing. I believe <laughs> you it. Me? 
John, do you have any questions for the, the great Darian Caldwell, the wolf? No, I'm just excited to see what, just see him fight and what he has coming up. I mean, yeah, yeah. when he threw that knee in the first round, I got to say, Darian, it was, I love watching you fight. So it's always exciting. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, I think, I think it's a, it's a bunch of fights that belt or 135 pounds in division that, that'd be a fun fight for me, you know? So there's a lot of guys in that division, I think, you know, upcoming Joe, uh, Tremaglia, and then, you know, the old guy he just fought. And, and I think Bellator, just, they, they got a bunch of guys, you know, ready to, ready to make an impact, you know. And I think I'm one of them, and you know, I'm just ready to do this. I, I, I'm pumped about the future, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, been a, it's, been a long, it's been a nice little world, you know. Now I'm just ready to fucking get my name out there and let the world know what I'm about. It'll happen. Quick question. Do you, would you like to go up a weight class just so you'll fight a little closer to where you walk around? Do you think that, you know, behooves you at some point? Well, I think everything has a price, you know. If, if that has that happens to, you know, be the case, then, you know, it, it can get done, you know. Right. And uh, I was but wondering. I'm not opposed to fighting at 145, you know. I was also wondering, in the chance, because it has happened before, if Dantas or Galvao drops out, would you be willing to jump in on short notice and take one of these guys to Suplex City? <laughs> Suplex City anytime, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's a good question. You know, that uh, if there's an opportunity, if there's a uh, chance that that that's, that that fight's not going to happen, why book it? You know. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't evaluate the fight, you know. Um, you know that there's a chance that that fight's not going to happen. Then why book it? You know. Yeah, and plus um, you're too good for short yeah, notice fights. You need a real that. camp. You need a real camp. Looks like the Joe Warren fight. That was the yeah, best. You don't I'm need to show on a one week notice. Not one of those fucking guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of those guys that jump in. You know, two weeks. Oh, I need to fight. This is a great opportunity. Now I played it. You know, my whole career. You know has been a strategic, very strategic, you know, and I don't feel like that's a part of, you know, my career, Yeah, you know, jumping into a title fight on a short notice. Exactly. Now, you grew up in New Jersey. Would you want to fight in New York City now? Man, I would love to fight in New York City. Madison Madison Square Garden, bring me there. (laughs) That's where I need to be fighting. Yeah, that would be awesome. I can't can't believe you were a three-time state champ in Jersey. When did you start wrestling? How old were you? I started wrestling when I was like five or five or fifth grade, rather, my bad. Fifth grade? Like fifth grade. Fifth grade. I, I, I practiced. Like I, so what happened was when I was a kid, I, I was playing football, baseball, and like uh, soccer. I had to quit soccer early. I learned like soccer and football were in the same season. Soccer was my very first sport, though. So I had to quit soccer, play football. And one of my football teammates, he wrestled. And so I used to stay over his house. Uh, we was in the backyard, in his backyard. And I slammed him on his back. I had dirt slammed him. And his dad, like, his dad was like, oh, snap, you know, we need to get you out to the wrestling practice. You know, I'm like, what's wrestling? And we were, we were in fourth grade at the time. So I went, I went to the practices. I'd go there and watch. I never, I'd go on the match and play around and stuff, but I didn't take it serious. So fifth grade came around and, that was the year I started wrestling. Nice. The season I took fifth. I, I was kind of good at very. Like, well, I started. I started off good. You know, I was. I love to put people on their back, so I had a, I had a, a niche for that. Having guys on their back. 
Yeah, you had 58 pins in college, which is insane. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> college pins are not very often. To pin 58 college kids at a D1 level is insane. Uh, Man, you know, I'm pissed. I should have had more. <laughs> I knew he was going <laughs> to say that. I mean, you, you, you might be the best wrestler in MMA right now. Uh, that, I appreciate that. that that's cool. There's it's some great wrestlers in there, but that's cool. I know I'm the best 135-pound wrestler. And give me some more time. You guys will be sure that I'm the best. Well, listen. I'm in there. Well, it's an honor to have you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, don't forget about us. When you're the, like the UFC champion and the Bellator champion, do not forget about us, okay? <laughs> Please. Yeah, I will not forget about you guys. All right, cool. I appreciate you guys for having me on the show, man. Of course. Thanks Take a lot, Darian. Take care. All right, much love. All right, that was Darian Caldwell. I think, uh, I'm telling you, this is the, this, I, I'm pretty sure this is the guy. He hasn't been hit yet, so we have to make sure his chin is, 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 is as good as I think it is. But, man, this kid, uh, I, he's special. This is a special fighter right here. And I think Bellator is not marketing him correct because he should be a lot more popular than he is. And he's very humble, which is a good thing. You know, yeah. you even said to him, you're the best MMA wrestler in the world. He goes, well, I know I'm the best at 135, but I'm working my way up to the best. And it's like, and you got other guys saying, you know, the kid's good. Bubba was saying he's good, and we've seen it. I mean, you're not a, you're not a slouch if you're – suplexing Joe Warren <laughs> like over your head yeah, like Kurt Angle status it, it, <laughs> it, that doesn't happen often in MMA Bubba also could be is one of the best wrestlers in the no world, of course by the way, by the way. not to knock Bubba here I, would love, I wish Bubba was here because I would like to hear Bubba because the Bubba actually beat Caldwell in yeah it's funny that uh, it that uh, he lost to Metcalf though because it seems like both of them had has have had their issues with Brett Metcalf oh yeah I hear that name all the time on the podcast and you know I gotta go back and start watching some well Metcalf then. beat Bubba eight times and then he he tech fall this kid which is fifteen nothing he beat him and then he came back and destroyed Metcalf it was a huge upset I remember watching that live it was the same year I watched Bubba live I go these two guys are sp- are special I mean. Really, really special. Uh, but Darian Caldwell at 135 is a beast. Is a beast. Uh, and I and I, I don't. So should I, you think I should post for when I post this podcast? Should the title be Metcalf? I mean, not Metcalf. I mean, Darian Caldwell. I would finish Dominic Cruz, Uriah <laughs> Favor. And Uriah would be an easy fight for him. What Uriah would be a much easier. But fight you think that should be the title two. or Adams Man or Price. Bilal Muhammad, uh, <laughs> CM Punk. Holds his own against Anthony Pettis and sparring. What, what, what do you think? Because I would, would get more. Ru- the I title should be Caldwell. Rufus. Rufus Sport is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think CM Punk holds his own against Pettis and Ben Askren? He's fifteen out of he's one in fifteen in in gym fights. I think it's one in twenty eight. But go on. Hickson's fucking ready to go over there and you <laughs> laugh at him. Are you kidding me? You don't me? think he's holding his own? And you know what? And I, I thought about it. Just a few minutes ago, I wanted to ask Bilal, which I know what the answer would have been because all his answers were the same thing. Do you really think CM's going to take the fucking fight? I don't think at this point. But who, against Mickey Gall? Against anybody. Against Aren't you a any- wrestling fan? A pro I'm wrestling? A, I am a huge but pro wrestling fan, and I was a CM Punk fan. Until the autograph incident. Until that incident. Yeah. He that didn't, really bothered he didn't give, me. He didn't give an autograph to a, a him or a kid in a wheelchair. Cause CM? He, yeah, because he doesn't do selfies. That's what he said. The kid in the wheelchair it, couldn't hold it. He I mean, can't hold the phone. It was a friend of mine. He couldn't hold the phone. And see, he's like, can you take the selfie? I don't do selfies. Walks off. My friend's crippled in a wheelchair. Wow. 
it, it, you know what? I was a fan, and when he signed at 181, and Dana was like, we signed CM Punk. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait. And then there's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, oh, I'll take the fight on Saturday night. Mickey Gall won. All right, shake hands, square up. We're fighting. 36 hours later, well, I got to get back surgery. Yeah, that was kind of weird. How does that work? I don't understand. You've that known you needed ACL surgery for a year and a half already. I so, know. <laughs> I mean, come on. You don't, you, this isn't a spinal injury. Mike Tyson knew after a fight he had a fucking spinal injury and he needed surgery and he still took the fight. Are we really comparing Mike Tyson and CM Punk? In terms of injuries, <laughs> he took the fight. CM's, I, I can't do it. All Why? Right. In MMA, who wins? CM Punk or Mike Tyson? Mike right, Tyson right now. Will, Mike Tyson will beat the <laughs> shit out of him. Mike Tyson would beat the shit out of him. All right, CM Punk versus Cyborg. Cyborg. The girl or the boy? The girl. <laughs> Cyborg would murder him. CM Punk versus Joanna Yunjunchek. Who wins? Joanna would hurt him. Really? CM Punk nah, versus fucking... CM, come on. How about... At 115, Joanna... Now you're just hating on him. No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. No, CB hates him, obviously. CB, honestly... No, but she fought, she's done kickboxing heavier before. And I don't think that... He, I think number he would one, choke slam her. <laughs> his... his, his... Wait, what, what, what's, what's CM Punk's move? What's his, his finisher fin- move yeah. was to go to sleep. You don't think he can go to sleep against? Uh, he can pull the. Do you know what that is? No, no, what's to go to sleep? It's when he holds him on his shoulders like a fireman's <laughs> carry, throws him off the shoulders and knees him in the face as they come down. So Joanna, that wouldn't happen to Joanna. <laughs> All right, okay. CM Punk versus Sage Northcutt. Loser <laughs> leaves the UFC forever. Northcutt would kill CM Punk. I, and you know what? I'd be rooting for Sage Northcutt. Uh, I like Sage Northcutt. It wasn't his fault. This, all this shit happened to him. We should I didn't make like, fights. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like the, how the UFC... How about we do an MMA roasted looking for a fight? I didn't, fight CM Punk. <laughs> I didn't like the UFC, how the UFC handled Northcutt, but I don't blame Northcutt. It wasn't his fault. He's just a good-looking, weird yeah, but I had lizard my, guy. I had but, my like, little <coughs> TV with him before that. Well, so. Oh, yeah, what happened? What the fucking turning down seven-year-olds for autographs? Damn. I don't... You know what? When you've met 1,100 fighters or however many other people have met... And there's a few that you have the stories of them turning down little kids or just yeah. being pompous assholes about things. Right. You know, you're going to rub me the wrong way. Yeah, everybody, a lot of people on the podcast think, oh, CB's got beef with fucking everybody. No, there's a handful to about a dozen that I have beef with. There's another thousand plus that I could tell you incredible stories. Now, about you and your friends, right? Awesome. You guys get autographs. You call yourselves graphers, right? Yes. Now, are you but the king of the graphers? I... <laughs> Are you the man amongst the graphers? Do they look at you like you're like the, the leader you know, of the graphers? Me and a good friend of mine pretty much started the movement in Vegas. The graffer movement? Basically, okay. yes. We figured out what it was take to get it done. And we have our, our little crew of four people. The four graphers. That we the hang OGs. out with. Original graphers. We're the originals. Okay. At this point, because I don't graph that often, even though I've got five or six events coming up right. in the next few months, I'm... Like Hall of Fame because I'm retired. You're the Hall of Fame of. grapher, and the, my three other friends run the Sin City crew. The Sin City graphers. The Sin City crew. <laughs> now, now, are there grapher groupies? Like, like the chicks. Oh, oh, there's just one, right? So the so you actually there are grapher. There's grapher pussy. Well, the like other, to the person who gets the most autographs. Two of the two of the three that aren't myself are married. Oh, okay. One of them left Vegas. I don't know his situation All right. in terms of relationship, and you know where I stand. Right. You get you get this hot 21-year-old. Yes. Yeah. All right. So you're the OG graffer. Now, yeah. do you, are, there other, are there rival graffer crews? There's people that we don't like that we know that sell this shit on eBay and do stupid shit around like certain fighters. So like, do you fuck up their autographs? Like, right? Like, no, like, but this the fighter, really didn't happen you know or something? 
Honestly, we, we leave it to the fighters. There's certain fighters that have their own rules. Yeah. And there's certain of these people, and I'm not going to name names, but I do have people that have threatened to beat me up because of this whole situation. They go up to somebody at one time and try to drop 20 on them. Like 20 different photos, most of which are the same thing. It's right. like, we know you're not keeping all this. It's it's a stupid situation. And I could tell you the names of fighters that have certain rules yeah. that will only sign one per fight week or one per appearance, whatever right. it is. Or there's a lot of them that personalize. Yeah. So they put, you know, to whoever. That way they can't sell them. And it, they, it's, yeah, you got to find somebody named whatever, Adam. Right. To be like, hey, you want to buy this? No? All right. Well, I'm looking to the next one. Like. Now, like, have you ever like infiltrated their autographs, like like sold fake stuff, and people go like the, the, the as a part of the graphing movement? Like, does what your, do you mean? Like, I know that your graphic crew doesn't like other graphic crews, right? We so pretty with, much get along with almost everybody, but there are certain people that just they present themselves in a way where you're going to dislike them, and you're giving people that collect that actually collect for their personal collection a yeah. very bad name. Huh. And some fighters will say, you know, I'm not signing anymore because I know there's so many this on sale. This is like sale. a TV show. We got to make a TV I show. Really, we'll talk after. We got to treatment something out. About, about the graphers? The yes. Yeah, this is like, I've never heard of Graphers come <laughs> out and play. <laughs> this, I'm telling you, this, like, is, this, is, this, is, uh, this is heavy shit right here. I mean, this I could tell cool. you certain, there was a, there's one fighter and she is now a champion in the UFC that, has certain rules because of the fact that she was finding her stuff being sold in, in certain places. And not only that, but was, but was doing sig signings for stores. Have you like, ever had a, your dick graft? No. Oh. Signing for different stores, and then the store would gouge the, the customer well, for like 10 times oh, what the actual well. graft no, is I've, worth. I've, I've signed some tits before. Like, I was wondering if you've ever... I've signed people, okay, autograph my boobs or something. Have what you ever, was his name? Uh, Bill. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I've actually, I've, I've autographed some people's stuff before. I was wondering maybe. I've no? never had that type of fandom for anybody. Uh, really? No. Never well, I went to Legends of Football once, and uh, that for me, I'm a huge football fan. And who? Uh, and uh, I think I'd ask Marcus Allen for an autograph, but I think because he like does private things and he yeah. I think charges for it he's like no I can't do it I'm like there's a lot of people you know, that do charge now yeah, and, so, and do I'm those like, types you know, of things I mean it was everybody that I watched playing Eric Dickerson was there Richard Dent was there uh, Franco Harris was there I mean all these guys Zonko, I mean did you was... bang any of the old timers <laughs> no, why not because that's just not my thing that's not oh. I, I'm not that kind of oh, huh. I just enjoyed watching them it who's the most famous guy you ever got down with uh, I don't know none kid and play <laughs> No, you never banned kid and play. No, sorry. We watch football at Barney's, shit. but we don't. We don't. You we never, don't take it after. Uh, you never bang like uh, Heavy D. Before, well, he's in, dead. Rest in please. So rest in please. <laughs> in peace. Rest what in was peace. that? Rest in peace. Adam's on fire today. All right, listen, guys. That was our show. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Decipher People, uh, Fighters. Decipher has recently raised the bar for management and professional sports. The firm represents fighters, system with contract negotiations, public relations, managing your fan base, and obtaining sponsorship. Everything you need taken care of while training for your next fight. Not only do they provide next-level comprehensive management and support, they allow you to keep more money than any other agent or manager out there, all offering one-on-one -on -one mental coaching to keep you primed for success. So check them out, fighters. Get with D-Cypher, D-I-Cypher. Also, tip a fighter. Fighters are underpaid, okay? They're making two and two, some of them. One and one, four and four. We got to get these fighters more money. We have to do it. So you can play your part in it by 
tipping them. Tipafighter.com at tipafighter.com. And not only when they're fighting, you can tip them now. Tip Ashley Evan Smith right now. You can tip Bubba Jenkins right now. You can tip uh, Andrea Lee right now. Kevin Lee. All kinds of great fighters you can tip. Tipafighter.com. Uh, I will be in San Diego Sunday night at 7 o'clock at the Madhouse Comedy Club. The Dime Bar every Friday. Uh, every uh, The Dime Bar every Tuesday, 8 o'clock. And I'm coming to Odessa, Texas, uh, April 7th. I'm in Odessa, Texas. Uh, and then I'm somewhere else in Texas after that, uh, uh, the next night. Um, so go to adamhunter.com. Find my complete schedule, adamhunter.com. Thank you so much uh, and take care.